Hello, HTWOW listeners. Thank you for finding the November 2019 episode of your favorite podcast for music and news or music and beer, as it were. Um, I'm Dave. He's Toby. We're going to get to lots of stories from uh, DBS on tour, me uh, getting hitched and uh, traveling the world. Things that you maybe don't care about or things that you will find endlessly fascinating. You can only listen to find out and see which camp you're in. I don't know. Uh, But I want to take this time to tell you that uh, there are three things that you can do to help us grow this pod and become fixtures uh, in the internet universe. Does that make sense? Makes total sense. You're doing great. Just cut that part out. But there are three things. No, you did great. I love the universe bit. There are three things that you can do to help this pod grow and uh, to make sure that we keep doing it in perpetuity. Uh, first thing you can do is if you haven't subscribed already, subscribe so it just pops up in your uh, podcast player every time a new episode comes out and you don't even have to think about it. Uh, and then also get all your friends to subscribe or just create a bunch of burner accounts and subscribe with those. Or just uh, hire uh, a Russian click farm or an Indian click farm and have them create a bunch of fake users and subscribe with those fake users. That sounds like the best idea. Just whatever you want to do, just help us gain subscribers. Uh, Then you can also leave us reviews because the more reviews we get on iTunes, the higher we show up in iTunes results. So please... Go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, uh, search for HTWOW, and uh, write some kind words about us. Because, you know, if you're listening, you probably like it. I don't know. You think it's okay? I think think you've done great. Uh, And then the last thing you can do is become a patron. You know, uh, After Dark is kind of the uh, culmination of all the drinking that we do. And uh, we would love for you to be in this members-only after-party by going to Patreon.com and searching HTWOW or going to OldWaver.com and clicking on Premium and signing up and getting cool merch and becoming members of the club. You can get to it by being a patron, and we encourage you to do so right now. You know, I mean, it it became more commonplace, but at that time it was like, whoa, girls can rock? I didn't even know.
your favorite podcast on the internet that also happens to be about music and beer. It's H2L. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us. This is the November 2019 edition of H2L. It's also episode number 29. And if you're just joining us, you have 28 previous entries to go back and enjoy. 29's pretty good. Yeah, we're almost to 30. You know how I like round numbers. You do like round numbers. Uh, he is Toby. He can be found at, uh, at Toby Pipes on Twitter. My name is Dave, also known as Old Waver. You can find me at Old Waver on Twitter. And together we are HTWOW. It stands for High Tea with Old Waver. And you can find us on the internet at oldwaver.com mm-hmm. or just plug in HTWOW into your podcast player of choice and probably will be there. Intranets. Intranets. Um, and this is a song swap and a beer swap. So uh, back in the olden days, before we had a beer sponsor, I would bring a beer and Toby would bring a beer. And uh, then we take turns playing songs. We play a six pack of tunes. And then we play a 12 pack of tunes on the After Dark. Yes. It's a lot to keep up with, I know. Uh, speaking of the After Dark, we would like to take this moment to invite you, uh, the loyal listener or the new listener, um, who has not yet learned about the After Dark. <laughs> it is the post party to this podcast, and it is available via subscription only only to our beloved patrons. Uh, so if you want to go to patreon.com and search HTWOW or go to oldwaver.com and click on the premium link, you can subscribe to be a patron and hear fantastic After Dark content just like this. I like to party and I like to uh, listen to music that makes me mm-hmm. want to party, and then I like to listen to music that makes me want to party with other people that like to party. Yeah, I feel like if we were in court, like if someone kind of cornered us for a second, you know, like the lawyer comes over and they're like, well, "What do you okay, stand for?" Like, what is your deal? You'd be like, "Well, first of all, first, first of all, I like well, to party. I like to party. So let's calm that down, and your whole vibe towards me. <laughs> second of all." I like to listen to music that makes me want to party. Makes me want to party. And then, and then I, third of all, I like to listen to music that makes me want to party with other people who like to party. Who like to party. And then I like to drink while I'm partying. Of which course. has nothing to do with partying. Right. You don't have to drink no. while you're partying. No. I just like to. Yeah. If that's okay. It's true. Um, I will... I and will, then that's when... I will swear to that under oath. <laughs> It's a really long bumper sticker. You know, we've really hit our stride with the After Darks. Woo! They really have turned into a serious party. It's a definite thing. Somebody, did you see the, um, was that this morning? The thing we got on the Instagrams, the message? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody was uh, very pleased with the After yes. Dark Yes, one, one of our patrons was like, it's like you're making this playlist just for me. <laughs> Sometimes we, uh, we pick them right. And, uh, and if you are curious about the After Dark, like, will I like what they play? Uh, let me give you a pro tip. If you go to Spotify and plug in HTWOW 
Oh, yeah. Not only will you find the podcast, because the podcast is available on Spotify if you're not an Apple iTunes person, mm-hmm. uh, but you can also find a couple of playlists that uh, you can just throw on in the car or, uh, um, you know, while you're making love to your old lady. Mm-hmm. And it's like we're DJing in the room while you're doing that. Yeah, so there's two different playlists. There's there's the regular HTWOW playlist that is everything or almost everything we've ever played on 29 episodes now of the proper HTWOW pod. Mm-hmm. There's a couple things that aren't on Spotify, but it's like 98% coverage of everything we've ever played. And then you can also find the After Dark playlist that has everything that we've ever played on the After Dark. We've only been doing the After Dark now for 10 episodes, I believe, because uh, we started that in January of this year. So it's a, it's a less extensive playlist, but it's catching up fast because it's twice the amount of tunes. Yeah, we play a lot more tunes and a lot less chatter. And uh, sometimes those are deep cuts. They're deep cuts. Sometimes it's uh, fascinating what we get into on the After Dark. So please uh, make a note to check that out and uh, punch that up as soon as we're done with mm-hmm. the stuff today. So uh, that's some housekeeping off the top. Um, also off the top, you heard our intro tune. Um, we got the beat by the Go-Go's. Yeah. And uh, if you are familiar with HTWOW, you know that Toby likes to do book reports. Mm-hmm. And uh, he likes to have themes. And so I'm guessing that that kind of tips off where you might be going later. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a mystery. <laughs> but it has a lot to do with the first song that we just played. Do you like that song? Do you like We Got the Beat? It takes me back to elementary school. When you were a kid, so that's probably what, fourth grade, right? When this is coming out? Yeah, what year was this? 81, probably. 80, 81. Because they started in like 78. Um, so when Yeah, this was 81. You're so right. when that's coming out, we're young and, man, we thought the Go-Go's we got, we, were we, cool. We got the uh, our whole lives ahead of us. I know. But that also was the time where it was... It kind of blew your mind as a kid to see girls playing instruments. Mm-hmm. Because they were like... They were the singer... But there weren't that many bands that featured especially women, all girls. Yeah, yeah, that featured women playing, especially drums. I know it was great. It was cool. I mean, obviously you had Sheila E. later on in the '80s and stuff, and you know, I mean, yeah. it, it became more commonplace. But at that time, it was like, whoa, girls can rock! I didn't even know. Wow, should we play some Sheila E. later? On the After Dark. Remember that jam? She had a couple of good ones. What was the name of that song? Glamorous Life. Oh, that is a she good one. Did Prince write that one with her? Glamorous life, Yeah, I think I think he probably did. A man that she wants to leave. Yeah, we might play that later. Uh, and I did mention uh, just a moment ago, we do have a beer sponsor. And uh, we need to taste our first beer. And also thank our beer overlords for gifting us this beer. Uh, we are speaking, of course, of Good Friend Package, which is in uh, Dallas, uh, East Dallas, Casa Linda, just past White Rock Lake. Uh, it's at 1155 PV. It is uh, just across PV from uh, the Good Friend Burger and Beer Garden. 
and uh, went by and had some breakfast this morning and picked up um, our beers. Your breakfast sandwich looked amazing. Yes, I did. Uh, I did uh, gram it on f- the HT Wow gram. You food grammed. I did, and uh, and these were picked for us by Matt, um, and uh, he chose for our first beer of the evening. Uh, it's from Utah, mm-hmm. uh, from Wasatch Brewery, um, from Salt Lake City. This is an eight percenter, so it's not like a, as crazy as some of the uh, early beers that we have. But this is called Devastator Double Bock. Mm-hmm. At least they have the they know what it is. It's not one of those that it's well, it's eleven to right. sixteen. They, yeah, it they, really could be anything. They have it down. They know when they brew it how much alcohol it has in it. They seem serious. Eight percent says it right there. It says if you're going to sin, sin big. With 8% alcohol by volume and a creamy richness, this brew has developed a serious cult following. Imagine that, a cult following in Utah. <laughs> I think that's a Mormon joke. Yeah, the sin I'm thing sh- too, I'm, right? I'm pretty sure that they were just joking about Mormons. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got a really mean cover. Yeah, well, you know, it's like, uh, like Shinerbach has the ram on it, I guess... Uh, box and rams kind of go together, but yeah. this is like a, a possessed ram that is uh, running through fire. Yeah, it's jumping out of fire that's uh, burning down a Capitol building. Have you tasted it? The Devastator. Um, yes. It First, is. It is um, it's got that box color, so like if you hold it up to the light. It's kind of amber, but if you put it down on the table, it it almost looks like a stout. Mm-hmm. It's good though. Uh, the it's first got a, a little sip nuttiness. threw me back, but um, it's nice now. Mm-hmm. That's quite good. So, um, and it does come in a sixer. Sometimes you know the higher ABVs come in a four pack, but we got a sixer of this. So uh, I think we need to uh do the listeners a solid and drink two of these a piece before we switch it up devastator devastator hmm <sighs> beautiful beautiful devastator so um so you said before we started that you have a curveball to throw me and i think we uh, have already kind of gotten a, a taste of that mm-hmm. i have many curveballs to throw you and uh, let's just go ahead and jump into the first tune. We have tons to get to. Uh, we're going to share some of uh, our most recent reviews. Um, many of our loyal listeners have answered the call and uh, are helping us climb the iTunes charts. So we'll talk about that here in a minute. And uh, also, uh, there's a new member of the Pipes household that we need to talk yes. about. Yes. And you've had a lot of life things, too. Yes. I am now uh, married uh, again. Um, and this time it's for real. And so we need to talk about, uh, the wedding because you were in it mm-hmm. and, uh, it was a fantastic party. And we also need to talk about, uh, my, uh, epic honeymoon. Yeah. Because, you were uh, gone a while. Yeah. It was, uh, a full week and a half of, uh, partying down in, uh, Italy. So we will, uh, talk about that a little bit later as well. And, uh, you know, if we have time, if we get to it, 
uh, Deep Blue had a uh, a brewery gig. We sure did. Was, like a, a legendary brewery gig. Yeah, I think we might have even had the beers on the last pod, or at least the After Dark. Yeah, yeah. No, they were on the last pod. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was on the last pod. So we've got a lot of stuff to get to. This might be another uh, marathon HTWOW. Um, but, you know, break it up over, uh, you know, several sittings. You know, listen to it while you're on the toilet, listen to it while you're walking the dog, while you're doing the dishes, and uh, before you know it, all your chores will be done, your bowels will be empty, and you'll be finished listening to the pod. Everything works out. All right, so the first thing that I wanted to play for you, it's um, maybe, uh, I don't know, it's definitely a curveball, maybe it's out of our wheelhouse, I don't know. but it kind of snuck up on me that uh, DJ Shadow just put out his sixth studio album. Yeah. It uh, came out mid-November. It's called Our Pathetic Age. And it's a double album. And so what he did is uh, he, like, album one of the double album is all of kind of his instrumental stuff. Mm-hmm. His DJing. His DJing. And, uh, you know, crate digging, you know, he likes to sample uh, really obscure stuff. And then album two is all of his collaborations and, you know, mostly with rappers. Uh, But there's also uh, a tune, the title tune, Our Pathetic Age, has uh, the dude from Future Islands. Oh, cool. uh, Samuel T. Herring. So I might play that on the After Dark. It's, you know, it's more moody, but I wanted to get the party started with a tune that is by far my favorite on the record. I'm not a huge DJ Shadow fan, um, and we can talk about how you know we saw him once upon a time. I want to get your Im- impressions of of him and what he does. Um, well, and remember, I've he's been at the studio. We've worked with Shadow. Okay, well, then there's going to be loads to talk about on the other side. I but stories. Let's, let's go ahead and crank this up and get this party started right. This is featuring... Uh, you know, probably one of the few hip hop artists that uh, ever made it into my library. They cross over. I'm not a I'm not a huge hip hop fan, um, but this group was heavy in the rotation in the late '80s and early '90s. I'm speaking of De La Soul, and uh, you know they haven't done a whole lot, but they came out of uh, semi retirement. I don't know to uh, feature on this single uh, from DJ Shadow. It's a single called Rocket Fuel, and uh, it's already kind of everywhere. Mm-hmm. You may, I mean, once you hear it, you'll like, oh yeah, I hear it, because it's on like uh, ESPN, NBA promos. Uh, they played it on Kimmel the other night. Um, it, it's like, you know, it's kind of like when um, Chemical Brothers put out a record yeah. There's just songs that you know are going to be in a million commercials. This song is going to be in a million commercials, and eventually you'll be sick of it. But uh, for right now, let's turn it up and jam it out. This is Rocket Fuel featuring De La Soul by DJ Shadow on HT Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen.
Ross and Dave Wynn. Still here, still in your ear with a style so hot, no see where all the sun rays went. Legs, arms, and head, all being moved in a frenzy. The blends be all the right cred, meaning credentials. Best of both worlds when we rocking over pearls and the instrumental. Are you ready? I like how they kept their uh, their rhymes like '90s rhymes. Uh huh. It was almost like an early Beastie Boy thing. Right. Now, is the scratching bit is that Plug Three doing that or DJ? Does he do a lot of? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I didn't watch the the Kimmel thing, but they were. Uh, I didn't see the whole thing, so I didn't get to like the scratching break. But I think that was all Shadow. But they were both. Uh, on the decks, like plug plug three was back there as right. well as DJ Shadow. Because then does they had seem a, then they had a live horn section. Yeah, because it does seem that's more of a hip hop thing to do, and he's more of a, you know, he's a ravey DJ. But I think he does, you know, I mean that he kind of uh, made his name not only for like the moody soundscape thing, but I think as a scratcher turntable artist. You know what I mean? <laughs> Scratcher. I don't know. <laughs> I'm with you. We're, we're definitely uh, outside of, of my comfort zone. Yeah. <laughs> but I just, I love that song. And uh, I'm going to play some De La Soul on the After Dark. Good, because, man, they sure were good. Man, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm typical, uh, you know, suburban white kid from the late 80s, early 90s. 
where De La Soul, Three Feet High and Rising, and like the first two uh, Tribe Called Quest records yeah. were in the rotation. They were like crossovers. I feel like we played... Uh, did we play the El Segundo? Did we? On an After Dark or something? I don't know. We might have played that before we started recording them. Yeah, I think so, because it samples the Velvet Underground. Yeah, so we might uh, we might have to play that, because they were all in the same family. Yeah, they were all kind of the Bronx, uh, New York, yeah. Daisy Age kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I still love De La Soul. And like I said, I'm not a huge DJ Shadow fan. I don't have a bunch of his stuff. Mm-hmm. I appreciate what he does, but I guess... To me, his stuff is more uh, background noise to me than, than um, you know, like Prodigy or Chemical Brothers or other, you know, electronic stuff that was around the same time. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know a ton about him either. Um, the weird thing is, when the song started, the guy that I uh, recorded uh, DJ Shadow with texted right then that was weird i saw that but um so count did a lot of uh shadows stuff back in the day okay our buddy count out in san francisco because i think he's from that area the dj shadow is okay but he they needed a band to play on they were doing the i'm free to do what i want he did a version of that but he needed band people to play in the background of his djing Okay. For a Chase commercial. And so for about a year or two, when you would see the Chase commercial with the song in the back, they recorded that. We did that in Dallas. Really? That's pretty awesome. <laughs> but he's a, you know, he's one of, he's, he could be sitting here right now, normal as you can get. Is he, uh, is he introverted? Uh, you know, is he like kind of a serious guy or is... No, he's just regular funny, just dude. He's regular dude. Regular dude. Mm-hmm. And we saw him at, uh, well, we, we rode to that Coachella with Count. Mm-hmm. We never saw him again. Because remember, he's the one that we had the passes because of uh, Shadow gave him to Count. Right. And so, yeah, we saw uh, whatever that year was, 06 or 08, somewhere around there. It was the we, Jesus and Mary chain year, right? Yeah. yeah. We, so we saw Shadow on one of the side stages uh, at Coachella. And I remember thinking it was really cool. I think he had some technical difficulties to start with. Yeah, remember, he was on that stage. It wasn't a side one. Remember, they have the three big ones. Or is it two big ones and then all the side tents? Well, yeah, there's two big outdoor ones, then there's the big tent, and then there's like two small tents. It was the tent that, are the uh, outside one that... Yeah, it was the uh, secondary outdoor stage. You know, the Damon Auburn band that was terrible. Good, the Bad, and the Queen. Yeah, yeah, he was on that stage. Yeah. And I think maybe right after them, which was a downer. But it took like 30 minutes for the changeover, or even longer, because something was happening with the visuals. And, you know, when it's just him... I think he even said something to Count after that. He was like, you know, when it's a band and all these tech people and all this stuff, people are all working on it. But when you're all by yourself up there, what do you do? Right. It, you know, it's a lot more pressure. You don't, you don't have a crew. Right. I'm sure he has one or two helpers, but it's not like, you know, this full massive crew of people working on all this stuff. His, the, his visuals were set up with his show. Like what right. he's controlling from up there. So yeah. when it doesn't work, it's a nightmare. So you kind of caught the vibe a little bit at the show that thing. It, 
he wasn't pleased. Did you feel like that? Yeah, yeah, you could tell he was frustrated. Yeah, but I mean, they started and it was good, but with that kind of music, if there's even a little bit of a lull or a letdown, it affects everyone. <laughs> yeah. Because well, everyone's on drugs. Yeah, well, and especially at that kind of uh, venue where there's a million things going on at the same time, if your set is delayed, then everybody's going to be like, well, let's just get out of here. We can still catch some of so-and-so, Franz Ferdinand or something on this other stage. <laughs> Franz Ferdinand. I don't know. Yeah. Well, you're totally right. Um, I think we were kind of in the back and kept looking, because what didn't Bjork just start up or something, like right in the middle of his thing? No or? idea. I don't remember. It's all a blur. Yeah. I might have been on drugs. Who knows? But uh, he's still massive after all this time. I mean, he's got to be 50. Yeah, I, he's probably a, a little bit older than us. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, good on him to... Uh, uh, you know, put out a double album and have so many people. I mean, he has, uh, I mean, he's worked with Run the Jewels before, but he got Run the Jewels to do another tune with him. He got Ghostface Killer mm-hmm. or Ghostface Killer and Raekwon, uh, as well as Nas. Um, and again, like I said, I, this is totally out of my element, but he got uh, a bunch of A list hip hop guys as well as, uh, you know, maybe some more up-and-coming dudes or dudes that are, like, kind of his his favorites. Yeah, or maybe from the area yeah. out there that he just wanted to yeah. bring Yeah, so in. anyway, uh, Our Pathetic Age by DJ Shadow. And uh, I just want to say how much I love De La Soul one more time. <laughs> All right, before we get to uh, your book report, I, I talked about um, our listeners answering the call. And I wanted to just recognize uh, a few of said listeners because, um, you know, we, we've been at this now for a little over two years. Like I said, this is uh, episode 29. And uh, so we're, we're getting the hang of it. And I've come to find out that the way that you can uh, most effectively climb the iTunes charts or the Apple podcast charts in your particular category is new subscribers mm-hmm. and reviews. And so uh, we last month uh, asked for reviews. And so I want to recognize uh, those listeners who wrote some words uh, within the last month. Um, the first one is by Slightly Older Waver. He says, although I've been a fan of both Old Waver, Sports Radio Shock Jock, and Toby, boy band rock star, in their previous incarnations, the true magic happens when they meld their talents on the podcast. From their drunken and witty banter to dropping musical knowledge amid great song selections, it's my favorite podcast. Looking forward to their first road show. We will do that eventually. Yeah, you know what? I got the call about that the other day. That the equipment is has been released? It has not been released, but the guy knows that I want it. Are you going to get the first one? <laughs> we won't get the first one, but he did say it will be January at the earliest. No. That's what he told me. They've pushed it back three times Jesus. now. But it'll be okay. What are we going to do? Do a December road thing? Yeah. We'll be all right. All right. Well, road Next, shows will start in the, in the new year. 2020. We keep promising eventually we will make good. Um... <laughs> Last last month, I mentioned that, uh, you know, it, it is better if you write words, but you don't have to write a lot of words. Mm-hmm. I said, uh, you know, just punch in five stars and just write, they good. 
And so Frog Madness wrote, they good. I love that one. And then he said, really? So uh, thank you, Frog Madness. Uh, Laker GMC writes, gives me the will to live. <laughs> Moderately adequate conversation and strong to quite strong music broke me of my habit of listening to test patterns for three hours once a month. I am now 47% less suicidal as a result. See? So thank you, Laker GMC. We're doing God's work. Yes. Uh, Stoma Man, um, who, if you were listening to Football Theater 1310, was a big player. Um, I think I'm going to, uh, just teasing ahead for ticket listeners, you know, I was drafted in the White Elephant draft by Gordon. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember. I heard all that. Yeah. And so uh, I talked to him. I'm, I am going to show up. And we will tell the, the Stoma Man story mm-hmm. on White Elephant Day. So mark well, that on your calendars. That is Gordon's favorite story. I know. He loves it. <laughs> uh, so Stoma Man uh, wrote a wedding gift. Five stars. Terrific music stewardship. Laughs and tunes. What more do you want? Uh, also, Chase in Dallas writes, So fun! Five stars! I've always had an interest in 80s synth, but never found the time to truly explore the genre. Dave and Toby's podcast was the perfect introduction to this. In addition to synth pop, Dave will bring some new tunes from modern indie artists, and Toby will bring classic tunes from artists that paved the way for 80s synth. They also tell a nice, sometimes drunk story along the way. I give the pod five thumbs up, two thumbs three quarters of the way up, and one thumb half the way up. God, that was a great one. Yes. Um, awesome 2.957. I don't know what this is. Uh, it says, the best music podcast. Love the tunes, love the banner. Even if you don't like UK 80s current indie rock, uh, you're sure to enjoy some silly, sloppy culture and music takes, which is 90% of the show. It's fun. They always give every track a five-bagger. No critical takes, just positive love for yeah. rare slash new tracks. It's rare when we uh, hate on something. Right. I mean, even though we kind of are surprising one another with what we're playing we generally know each other enough that we're not going to play something that the other dude hates. And There's been a few that we don't love necessarily, right. but it's not yeah, like... I mean, it, we're not like pandering. I mean, we j- legitimately love something when we say we love it. Uh, but there is kind of a, an internet culture and certainly a podcast culture of just ripping things uh, just for the sake of ripping it. And we don't do that. We keep yeah. it positive. I mean, we get to choose our own stuff. So I mean, we're, we're getting trashed and playing music that we want to hear, so we're not going to rip it. Yeah, it's not like we're being sent stuff and have to review it. No. We're actually picking it out. So we kind of do like it to start with. <laughs> and finally, RDW871 says, Great pod. Love being introduced to music I would not have heard and beers I would not have known about. Great banter between Dave and Toby. Yes. So we are up to 45 uh, reviews, and they are all, as uh, Awesome 2.95.7 wrote, five baggers. Yeah. So we have 45 five-star ratings on iTunes, uh, and uh, 29 of those left words. So if you have not yet left us a review, please uh, go on iTunes and uh, leave us a five-bagger and help us climb the rankings. And uh, we did make it to the front page of Music and Commentary. I think we got up to, like, number 20. Yeah, front page. Uh, You know, it's tough because we only come out once a month, and a lot of the other pods that we're up against come out weekly or even more frequently than that. So We're about quality. Yeah, not quantity. 
Quality. Quality. So tell a friend and uh, leave us a review and uh, thank you for all the support, you and, guys. And we I'm really, not sure. We really our, love you. Our liver can take it. Right. More than once a month. Jeez. Um, uh, before we get to your book report, do you want to um, introduce the listeners to the new addition to your family? Sure. We got a new puppy. I, you sprung this on me, and I couldn't believe it. Yeah, you seemed a little worried at first. Like, oh my god, we're going to have to deal with a yappy dog. Obviously, you can see how spastic she is. She is the chillest dog I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. She's only three months old. She she just chills. So we kind of got lucky, I think. Yeah, like I, I, I came in, and uh, I forgot that you had gotten a dog. Mm-hmm. And so I'm bringing my stuff in, and then I see this dog kind of uh, peering around a chair checking me out yeah and uh it took uh you know a good five minutes to get her to even sniff my hand yeah willow willow rally to uh you know even make the introduction she's still terrified of me yeah it takes half a day it took a half a day when i got here because they got her on the saturday before when we were playing in um fort worth i think uh-huh and um but i found her last week on the GigaWeb. From a shelter. Okay. So she is a Jack Russell Terrier mix, but you can obviously see she's got some lab the other or, dog or was some not, pointer or something in yeah, there. Yeah, we wanted a smaller dog, but I think this one's not going to be super small. But if it's chill, who cares? Right. Jack Russells are not chill, and she's super chill. Yeah, so she's, she's got. Really chill. You need to do a DNA test to see what you got there. Yeah. Um. But she seems nice. It's it's been easy peasy. Yeah, she's a uh, you know beautiful uh, black color with mm-hmm. just kind of a little bit of white on the chest and the snout, and got a little half left sock, right? And uh, big giant floppy ears. Yeah, really beautiful dog. Cool dog. We'll go you, play you, with you it. You need to uh, you need to post a, a picture on the the HTWOW gram. <laughs> we'll set the uh, beer. We'll set the beers up in front sure. of sure. <laughs> yeah. And that'll Perfect. be her first uh, social internet experience. Uh, yeah, because she will just sit there. Yeah. She, she will just uh, freeze <laughs> and not know what to do. Maybe we can set the bottles on her head. We'll try some stuff. That'd be cruel. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. All right, so welcome Willow, everyone. Welcome Willow. Clap, clap, clap. Clap, 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 clap. Willow! All right, so are you doing Are you doing go-go's, or is, or is this... Um, is this like a, a Belinda Carlisle deep dive? <laughs> well, I was going to do different songs from the members of the Go-Go's, which are my last song might be a non-Go-Go song. Okay. Just a member. But I decided to play Go-Go songs because sure. they're good. You know, there's certain bands that you might not reach for the album, but every time it comes on, you're like, yes, this is good. It's good, right? Yeah, I mean, they, they just, they're one of those bands that make you happy. Yeah, and especially for a California band, and they are a new wave band. That is the first, after, they were one of the first, especially American new wave bands. They started off opening for Madness in America and the UK, and so that helped them a lot. Right. Uh, and then they just took over. I mean, their record, that first one, Beauty and the Beat... Yeah, I think that's the one I have. I have I have that one on vinyl. It's so, the one with, uh, you know, We Got the Beat and, yeah. and the so, song I'm yeah. about to play. Beauty and the Beat was 81. Vacation was 82. Then uh, Talk Show was 84. Um, and that's it. They yeah, had reunion what, things. God, what were the singles off of 
Uh, there was Head Over Heels, Turn to You. Uh-huh. I don't know either of those songs off you know, the top. You know Head Over Heels, and that's what we're deciding on the last one. Okay. So I'll either play it in the after dark, but you know it. You don't re- You don't know you know it, but you know it. Okay, so basically the, they were... They captured lightning in, in a bottle from 80 to 82. Yeah, and I think that they were pretty sick of each other by that last record. Yeah. Because they were crazy. When you watch old footage of how they used to be backstage, and it, like, yeah, they, they had, seemed in the videos super sweet, like whatever, but they're nuts. They were absolutely Yeah, like crazy. I said, they, they were famous for giving blowjobs <laughs> uh, to other artists or to groupies. Um, but yeah, they... Like on um, now is um, that in their, I'm not too sure how true that is. Oh, it's just what I've heard. That's what I've I've heard that they're crazy and that their guitar techs basically just got, they got paid in beiges. Who knows? But um, they were you know. Well, that, that's what I was gonna say punk. is that that um, you know you you said they came up in in the L.A. punk scene, mm-hmm. but they're playing with bands like X, right? But then their their commercial image, when they finally got signed, they finally put out music in the videos and the album art, you know, they're they're kind of uh, cutesy girls. Well, what were they on? They were on I- IRS, right? Or uh, were they on Cal- Yes, IRS. Um, but first, the original version of We Got the Beat, there, it's, you can, it's on YouTube and stuff. You can find it. Um, and I forget which type of label that was, but it's you can tell it's more punky back then. And so they re-recorded it or remixed it for the IRS major label. It version? might be a complete full re-recording because they used to. Uh, I think they shared a rehearsal room with the motels in LA. Okay. Uh, but record companies aren't dumb. They see what they got. Right. You I know mean, what they, I mean? They, so they're like, hey, they you spit girls. polished them and, and made them. We're going to go straight to the top. They made them MTV ready. I mean, that they they were right there for the beginning of, of uh, the MTV era. Yeah, and got the lineup right. Uh, the drummer, the first one quit, but the one that everyone knows, um, her last name is Shock, because I always thought that was cool. Uh, Gina. Uh, yeah, Gina Shock, and then Kathy Valentine was that bass player that looks like she yeah. could be in, in the Pretenders or something. Yeah, and you know, she had a cool look. But yeah, they they were, despite their their commercial image, they were legendary partiers and mm-hmm. just total drunks. But also really really good songwriters because they are the type of band that you would think people give them the tunes. But they're all especially Jane Whelan and uh, Charlotte Caffey. Uh, and Kathy Valentine was on a bunch of stuff too, but this song that I'm gonna play was one of their hits off the first record, and it was written by Jane Weedlin and the singer of the Specials. Remember the Specials? Yeah. And Fun Boy Three. Uh huh. He was the lead singer. Okay. We'll talk more Go Go stuff after this, but let's just play it. It's a hit. You like hits, don't you? I love hits. This is Our Lips Are Sealed. Oh yes. On HDY.
man. Do you remember the video for that when they're in the back? They're on that convertible, and no, uh, I don't they're just remember. driving through like Beverly Hills and stuff. Yeah, okay, that sounds vaguely familiar. Um, I was looking it up, so uh, that was actually the first single off of Beauty and the Beat. Oh, we got the beat wasn't first. No, we got huh. the beat was second, and it. Uh, so our lips are sealed peaked in the U.S. Uh, on uh, at number twenty. Okay. Um, like on the Billboard chart, you know, like on the dance chart, it went to ten, whatever. Uh-huh. Uh But we got the beat went to number two. They never had a number one single. But the album went number one. Yes, the album went number one and went double platinum. It was like number one for weeks. Yes. Um, I mean, they were. There was a moment in time they were the biggest thing in America. Yeah. I mean, it was everyone, and probably a lot with the beginning of MTV. Yeah. You got to see them, and they were cool. It wasn't like a. You know, when the Bangles came out later, I mean, they probably would have never happened without the Go-Go's, but... Right. Um, and they were okay, and especially the singer was cool of the Bangles, but um, they weren't as cool as the Go-Go's. No. They seemed a little bit more manufactured. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And there, there was Bananarama, too. Well, the, I would say they're... Well, okay, yeah. But they were even more of a girl band, but they kind of were crazy like the Go-Go's. Right. So it made them cooler. We played ever any banana? I don't around? think so. I mean, I might go all girl this evening. All girl. Um, but yeah, I like that. I've always liked that song. And we're going to play a few more. We're going to play one off the next record and then one off that last record. Um, or we might play a, a solo cut from one of them. Okay. And I'll let you decide that at the end. It's going to be on me? Yeah. All right. I don't know if I'm up for that. Maybe you'll be sick of the Go-Go's after this next one and be like, you know what? Let's hear this <laughs> yeah. song. Yeah, let's change it up. Let's see what else you got. <laughs> um, okay, before we get to uh, my next tune. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I played De La, or De La Soul with uh, DJ Shadow to begin with. But uh, I'm going to get with... The, the the female vibe for the rest of the program. Good. You know, I played all uh, female artists last time because uh-huh. it was uh, it was the birthday present to patron Stephanie. Mm-hmm. You know, her uh, husband paid us to yeah. uh, do a love letter to his bride for her birthday. Was he pleased or did we blow it? Uh, he was pleased. Okay. He, he said he, his only response was, you guys rock. So I, I take it that they had a, uh, a lovely time listening to it. Okay, good. Um, but yeah, so last month I did all female artists. Just kind of happened that way. But, uh, you know, I felt like for Stephanie, it was kind of a girl power thing. Uh, and so I'm going to uh, go back to that well for the remainder of today's episode, if that uh, is okay with you. <laughs> Before we get to my next tune, we need to talk about my nuptials, um, because um, November 2nd, if you want to put it down um, in your calendar so you can send me a nice anniversary gift, uh, November 2nd was uh, the date of my nuptials. My uh, lovely bride, Marissa, and I sealed the deal. Much to the disbelief of everyone in attendance. Yeah, but man, it sure was a good time. Jeez. Yeah, we had uh, we had lots of uh, drama getting to the date. Nothing to do with either of us. We just 
had uh, chaos with the venue, but mm-hmm. we were able to work things out. And uh, man, well, the venue closed, but they basically kept it open for you guys. Yeah, well, it changed hands, and so we had to deal with the new owners. Uh, but the, fortunately, the new owners were cool and let us do basically whatever we wanted to do. We had the full run of the place. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, so it was like kind of a. A little boutique place with a, a, an event hall and then, a, you know, like a 12-room hotel attached. And so uh, all of the bridal and uh, groom's party uh, were pretty much staying on site. And so uh, it lent itself to a pretty <laughs> uh, hardcore after party. But it, it would have been nice to get two of the groomsmen uh, in a room the night before. So they actually would have made it to the rehearsal of the wedding. Yeah. Um, But hey, with the group of dudes you had up there with you, a lot more could have gone wrong. Yeah, well, uh, you know, they they received their punishment with the icy stairs of my sister-in-law at the rehearsal dinner. Well, she can really pull that off. Yeah, so if you have listened to uh, HTWOW, before, so two months ago in September, you heard our guest Craig, and so he was also in the wedding party, and so Craig and Manny on Friday missed the rehearsal because they were taking a nap, and they they say their alarms never went off, uh, but I think that they just slept right through them because they were so yeah. wasted. Well, Manny got in the night before, they went straight to the bar. With luggage. Yes. Left his luggage at the bar. Left his luggage at the bar, which meant on Friday they had to get up at lunch and go get said luggage. Yes. And then they and just then were decided, like, well, we're here. Let's get drunk again. Let's get tanked. And then they went back. Never a good move. It feels like the nap is a good move. It never is a good... You just got to power through. Right. So they took a nap and slept right through the rehearsal. Mm. And so we didn't even see them until we got to the rehearsal dinner, uh, which is when they received their penance of the icy stairs of my sister-in-law. I know. And she's so sweet, but boy, she can pull that look off, can't she? You don't want to be on her bad side. Yeah. And so, she was my uh, partner during the wedding, yes. which was good. Right. So my my uh, my now wife, she had my wife. My, uh, she had a matron of honor. This was her workaround. She had a matron of honor, which was her sister, mm-hmm. uh, and a maid of honor, which was her roommate, best friend from college. Mm. But it's also pretty easy if you go with family member. Um, everyone else just has to step down. Right. And so I didn't have a best man. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I was just like, I just have groomsmen, but we paired everyone up uh, just based on, you know, well, you know, uh, like Mackenzie, the the maid of honor, uh, she doesn't take any bullshit show so she can wrangle Manny. Yeah, like she had to deal with Manny. Like Manny, Manny will, uh, will bow down to Mackenzie. Mm -hmm. He respects her, so he will stay in line because do what she because says. yeah because she is going to ride herd over him mm-hmm. and then like Joel we ma- matched him with uh Jess because they were the tall. tallest yeah, they're you tall. know so we had reasons uh-huh. for uh matching everybody up and so yes you got to uh be matched up with uh, the sister-in-law yeah. which meant you were lord of the rings lord of the rings 
That was your uh, your moment, your shining moment. I told Todd about that, that I was the Lord of the Rings. And he goes, how did you hand the... Uh, this was on the trip, the Delaware trip with DBS. He goes, well, what did you... How did you give him the rings? And I was like, well, the guy told me to do one on the pinky and one on the thumb. And he goes, you mean like Duff on Guns N' Roses on the November Rain thing? <laughs> And I was like, wait, yes, yeah, that's... So uh, Duff was the Lord of the Rings in the November Rain well, video? Well, do you remember when they look back and Slash is checking his pockets? He doesn't have them. And then Duff goes, right yeah, here, Chief. There you go, right pinky, here. boom. And then he said thumb, but I think he might have known that I couldn't have put your ring on any of my other fingers, so... Thumb yeah, worked. It, yeah, thumb worked. It was still like... Uh, it was still like the ring toss at the fair. Yeah, I could have easily just gone whip, <laughs> whipped it straight up in the air to you, but you know that would have freaked everyone out. Yeah, so we uh, the reception was awesome. We had uh, your bandmate from DBS, Kirk, and his band Whiskey Pants. They're so good. They're they're That's human. Tough. They're human jukeboxes. So they uh, they played for like four hours. Everyone had such a great time. Also, and Kirk basically became the MC of the entire evening. Yeah. Yeah, he did a great job. And, he didn't realize, uh, like, you told him ahead of time, like, there's a few things you have to say. It's not a big deal. And then all of a sudden you hand him this booklet, and he's, like, announcing the entire wedding party, tell him when the speeches are going. I'm just looking at Kirk going, what? how did he become the dude? <laughs> Next up, you ain't gonna believe this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it was, uh, it was great times, and then uh, after... Um, after Whiskey Pants ended, we had the venue for like 30 more minutes. And so my uh, my pre-recorded playlist was ramping up to like the fever pitch at that time. Mm -hmm. And so we, uh, you and, and myself and the rest of the groomsmen, uh, we serenaded my bride with uh, somebody by Depeche Mode. That was acapella. Mm -hmm. uh, but then we also had uh, kind of emotive sing-alongs to uh, Depeche Mode's uh, Question of Lust. Right. Um, I think uh, New Order's Perfect Kiss was in there. <laughs> uh, there might have been something else. Uh, mm. it, it just it was spiraling out of control. Yeah, drinking's fun. And then, uh, you know, not only were you Lord of the Rings, I, I'm going to have to give you mm -hmm. the MVP award. Yeah. Because... We had a plan for after the reception. We were going to walk down the street to a restaurant bar that, uh -huh. that was like a you know five minute walk, and so some of us go down there to check it out, and they close early. That that, yes. that they, you know, in that neighborhood, it's not necessarily a built in crowd, and so, you know, on a Saturday night, if uh, there's nobody at the bar, then they'll just shut it down early. And so that's what happened to us. So then we come back to the venue, mm -hmm. and there's you know kind of a uh, uh, a hotel room party going on. Well, that was the other thing that was weird. I hadn't been to my room yet after the thing. I think I was talking to the bartender guy about Manny's drink for a while. And oh no, you know I was talking to Kirk while they were loading up. Okay. And so I hadn't been back to the room, and I opened the door. <laughs> It is completely filled. Like, I could barely get in there. And I was like, what's going on? It looked like one of those um, 
uh, you know, an Audrey Hepburn apartment party, New York, because everyone's in suits. Oh, right, yeah. And we're all just like, you can barely be in this little tiny room, whatever it is. That's what, right when I opened it, I was like, look at everyone all dressed up and all squeezed in together like we're in a dorm room, you know, <laughs> 1995 or something. But I was like, okay, this is cool. And then, so your plan was... Uh, because uh, people kept telling us we were getting cars or something. Yeah, we were supposed so, to go somewhere. Yeah, so the the bar that we intended to go to was closed. And so uh, there are people like throwing out suggestions like, well, we could go to this bar. We could go to this bar. N- nothing walking distance. So we're going to have to get a bunch of, uh, you know, Uber XLs, whatever, to ferry everyone. And, right. And so I was like, well, we have... Because we had to, you know, it was... BYOB at the venue. We had caterers that that served everything, but we bought our own booze. Well, that's always how you buy the the wedding party buys the stuff, right. and then they serve it. Yeah, and so we had all of this booze left over. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, why why would we go to a bar when we have everything that we need right here? So, uh, you know that my my bride and some of her friends are out in front of the venue. And I go inside to just kind of see what's going on and see where everyone is. And I find everyone in your room, which <laughs> happens to be directly across the hall from my mom, my aunt, and my daughter. Yeah. They sh- they're all sharing a room uh-huh. right across the hall from Party Central. Uh-huh. And so I'm like, can you guys please keep it down? <laughs> my mom is right across the hall. And so, uh, you know, I'm like, we're trying to figure out what to do. Uh, you know, I don't really want to go somewhere, but, you know, some of Marissa and some of the other people do. And then that's when you say to me, hey, have you seen the basement yeah, yet? Yeah, because the night before, after the rehearsal dinner, like I said, we had the whole hotel to ourselves. They had, you know, when you come in the, the back from the parking lot, they did one of those stupid things that they just put one of those... Uh, VIP little <laughs> right know, it's like it's you know like the little stand with the ribbon yeah it's yeah. it's two posts and one little velvet rope yeah yeah and like a curtain yeah and there's stairs going down and so you know how it is when you're had a few Dale and I the night before I was like hey man do you see the thing like let's go look what's down there and he was like I don't know man like let's go so there's no one like if you needed something at the hotel they can't. There's no staff. There's no one there's there. No one there. There's not another. It's just us. So me and Dale cruise down there, and it's room after room of nothing, just fully made out, cool brick walls, wood floors. There's a stand-up bar. There's uh, different weird killing areas. <laughs> <laughs> like like a shower curtain yeah, and then a stall. Yeah, with just drains in the floor, but you're not... Well, there's not a sink, but you could easily kill someone in here. Like, I don't know what's happening. Uh, and then there would be those work sinks. And then a whole area that was all, like, I guess, uh, work Storage. stuff for the, you know, like, uh, construction stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then that cool stairwell that went up to the pool. Yeah. Um, so we knew about it the night before. And then... Uh, so how did y'all call off the go to the bar? Because uh, Dale, because I remember looking at Dale going, man, I, I got to get these people out of my room. And he was just like, yeah, well, what are we going to And I was like, let's go. Let's go. And I was like, did you mention it? Or did I just? No, we went down and looked we at went, it. We went down I wanted and, to get your okay Yeah, first. we went down and checked it out. And I was like, yeah, we're doing this. We're doing it. And so you, you, <laughs> you and our buddy Tim went 
to the kitchen to grab a bunch of booze and, and a ton of ice and yeah and bring it downstairs and set up the makeshift <laughs> bar and I downstairs. Found a crap ton of limes. So we basically the drinks for the night were uh, any beers I could find. Uh, I had some wine, but mainly we had huge bottles of vodka, soda, limes, and lots of ice. Yep. And that was the drink for the night. Yeah. And so while you were gathering all the booze, then I went out to the street to get the the, the stragglers and say, hey, look, there's a kick-ass basement downstairs. <laughs> it's a kick-ass basement. And uh, we're... We're stocking the bar downstairs, so uh, I think that's what we should do. And everyone finally relented, and that ended up being the highlight. That was awesome. That was so great. And anyone who didn't stick around for it, <laughs> were they were so mad that they missed it. It was awesome. And oh, the only music was just from my phone. Like being, remember we cupped it with some stuff around it so right. the speakers were... Kind of work, so everyone was, just it, crowded around the bar so they could hear it was, the music. It was uh, it was cavernous enough in there. There was a little yeah. bit of reverb, so your phone <laughs> did carry throughout the room. I think I played our playlist. Yeah, I think you did. Yeah. I think you played our, our HTL yeah, Spotify playlist. Kind of went with it. I mean, it's the stuff everyone that we know likes. So <laughs> yeah. So uh, not only was Toby Lord of the Rings, Toby was post party MVP. So I, I just want to acknowledge you and thank you. We did it. And I got to bartend all night, which you know that's always been a dream. Yeah, that's and, a, and, that's a dream. Uh, and <laughs> my uh, my wife's friend Chelsea J. Uh, tried to fit through the hole in the bar. Because <laughs> she's so little. She's tiny. She could have easily made it. Yeah. She uh, she didn't want to get stuck, but she totally could have. There, there was, for some reason, there was like a galvanized pipe in the middle of the base of the bar. Yeah, I don't know what that could have been for. I don't know. Anyway, the bar part was great. Yes. And I got tips. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah, someone set me up like a tip plate. And so people just kind of kept putting like a dollar. Yeah, and <laughs> so and after after the wedding, uh, both Chelsea J and uh, and Jess mm -hmm. they they subscribed to HTWOW. They're now HTWOW listeners, so well, we need to know, give them a shout out. Yeah, well, she was before, right? I think Chelsea J was, yeah. but Jess is a new one. Uh, yeah, so it was such a fun time, such a memorable evening. And, uh, you know, we were so gratified. It was, you know, it was kind of small. You know, we kept it to, uh, I think it ended up being 70 people, including all of the wedding party. Yeah, but I feel like it was, um, it, it was easy to manage and it was just the only, you know, it was just the people you wanted there. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, it did suck because, uh, Craig from the ticket got married on the same day. Yes. Um, but also... Yeah, shout out to uh, Mike and Cash Saroy. They were the only ticket know, representatives. They did it. And I got to party with those guys. That was fun. Uh, but uh, but I did hear on the ticket, Gordon and all of them were just pissed that they couldn't make the wedding. You know. I know. But uh, what can you do? You plan yeah. that stuff way ahead of time. Yeah, I didn't know until I tried to invite Craig. And then he was like, oh man, I'm getting, on, I'm getting married on the same day. Yeah, and that's a great date. That was another thing. No well, one, also, it, there uh, wasn't any sweating. Like it was perfect temperature. Yeah, it really was. And then the other conflict was uh, we didn't get to see Danny. Big Dumb Danny didn't come because... His singer from his band, Bastards of Soul, got he married, married at uh, Twilight Fort Worth. Oh, they got married there? Yes. Oh. <laughs> mm. 
So it was a busy day for weddings in North Texas. It was, but man, we, you nailed it. Yeah, and we, we had, had fun. We and were very, a- we were very gratified because those who did come had a blast, and we had so many people, uh, you know, pull us aside and tell us that this is the best wedding or the most fun wedding we've ever been to, and uh, that's what we wanted. Yeah. Is we wanted to have it be not not just a celebration of us, but a celebration of all the people that we care about. But yeah, it's great times, and uh, we'll get into uh, stories from the honeymoon uh, coming up later on. But let's get to the next tune. We've we've uh, spent a good chunk of change talking about the the wedding and random other stuff. So let's go ahead and get into my next tune. And uh, this is a second appearance by this particular artist. Do you remember last year, maybe December? January, I played uh, a tune from Grimes. I remember the the name, but I don't remember what it sounded like. Uh, I mean, it was kind of um, I don't know, uh, Nine Inch Nailsy. Okay. It, you know, it was kind of electronic, but also heavy guitars. And uh, but she's the chick that uh, dates uh, the Tesla dude, Elon Musk. That's right. Now, now I remember. She's totally crazy. I got it. And uh, she has a new record coming out, scheduled to release in February of next year. Uh, and it's called Miss Anthropocene. <laughs> <laughs> it says the album's name is a pun on the feminine title Miss and the words misanthrope and Anthropocene. It's already too much. It's a- too much. Neologism popularized in the year 2000 by Paul J. Krustin that was proposed to denote the current geological age the Earth is in. (laughs) I know. Yeah, she, you know, she, the reason that she and Elon Musk are together is because they are both super smart and super weird. And, um, but she's also kind of super hot in a weird way. And I hope I, she is. And I want to show you the video for this. A trillionaire. I want to show you the video for this song later. I won't show it to you now. Um, but if you want to look up this video, uh, this video is uh, it's pretty good. Got to say, the song is called Violence. It sounds like you're saying that she looks pretty good in the video. She looks pretty good in the video, and uh, all of the other chicks that are in the video look good. Oh, she's got a... Yeah, she's doing, like, kind of um, uh, kind of a Beyonce thing, you know, uh, <laughs> but it's got her bizarre twist on it, you know? It's like choreographed dancing, but she also has, like one of those bird flu masks on that Asian people wear on planes. Sure. You know, it's just, you know, she likes to be weird. Um, but uh, I really like this tune. <laughs> Asian people wear on planes. Yes. Yes. Um, but I like this tune, and I like her, and uh, I don't know, I just wanted to play it. It's called Violence, and it's by Grimes on HTWOW.
That's good. Do you know what that reminds me of? No. Did you place it? Yeah. Um, do you remember the Sneaker Pimps? Yeah, we've we've played that on uh, After Dark. Um, that's what that reminds me of. That voice, the I live my life like I need. It's almost yeah. the same. Uh, yeah. And they do that big wash. You know the. It's kind of a. I think she might have been a fan at some point. Maybe. I feel like it. Uh, yeah, and there's a there's another tune um, that has been released off of the record that I will play on the After Dark. It's called uh, I'm So Heavy I Fell Through the Earth. Mm-hmm. She's like the grown-up Billie Eilish. Yeah, kind of. Like she's crazy like that. Yeah, very crazy. Hotter. I mean, Billie Eilish isn't legal, so I guess I can't comment on her. But How old is she? I don't know. 17? 16? 17? It's time for a new beer here. <laughs> I can't tell what she looks like. Well, it's... You know how, like, uh, if you go to... Um, Urban Outfitters. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. And everyone who works there, even if they are good looking, they go out of their way to look as horrible as possible. Well, there is a weird thing. You know the uh, Monster Energy drinks with the green neon M and uh-huh. the black background? Yes. That seems to be her look. Yeah. The neon green with the with black yeah which is good but it's it's hard to pull off with skin tone right um but yeah it's a thing with uh with gen z that uh even if you're good looking make yourself look terrible make yourself look terrible put on fake glasses and get a a awful haircut and grow some patchy whiskers and wear stripes with plaid Mm mm-hmm you get an awful tattoo right on your face. Right. Yes. Just be as uh, opposite as your of your natural state as possible. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. I digress. Um, so we're switching it up. Uh, if you listen to the pod on the reg, you know that we start out strong with the beer and then we coast to the finish line. And, uh, you know... No one knows that better than our buddy Matt at uh, Good Friend Package. So we began with, uh, from Wasatch Brewery, the uh, Devastator Double Bach. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are finishing up with uh, a Dallas brewery. I don't know if you've had anything from the Manhattan Project Beer Company. I have not, and I haven't tasted this yet, but can I tell you something? What? Their packaging is like I, I want my whole house to look like this. I know. It's very minimalist, and it's very, uh, you know, kind of 60s deco. It's because- my favorite can you've ever brought to the pot. Yes. So the Manhattan Project obviously is a reference to uh, the atomic program uh, at the end of World War II. And... Uh, so somebody this, had to do it. So this one is called Necessary Evil. Whew. Because somebody had to do it. This is a Pilsner. Um, man, it's dark in here. I, mean, I need my light. I need my phone. You can hit the overhead. No, I don't need that. Okay. Um, it says, pairs well with tacos mm-hmm. and the pool. What's the thing in the middle that just says yes? I don't is know. Is that TV? Pairs well with yes. 
Like the band? That'd be great. Uh, Necessary Evil entertains the palate without fatiguing it. At first sip, you will detect a hint of floral character that immediately tells you this isn't your ordinary pills. It is dry and crisp with a bit of our signature style to make it memorable. Necessary Evil is refreshing in any situation. It's refreshing. It's really good. Yeah, it's a 5.3. So we're, we're from an 8 to a 5.3. Not me around about... But everything I've had from uh, Manhattan Project is good. I don't oh, know. That, uh, I haven't had this one before, but you frequent. Oh, you to. haven't had a toast. I haven't had this one yet. I love these Pilsner glasses that you got us. Thank you. Uh, yours is plain. Mine is Houston Oiler. They were a football team in the seventies uh, and eighties, Dave. I've heard of them. They were. My, uh, my wife's father played for them. Known as uh, Love You Blue. I've heard that. Um. Um, okay. But anyway, back to what we were doing. Yes. So uh, thank you, good friend, for this bounty. Man, I do get the floral notes. It is like a shock to the system after that double bock. It is. And it's also, um, it's dry. It's tart. Yeah. It's, uh, I like it. It's, it, um, it, I like it, but it's just, it, it, it's almost too grinding of the gears from that last one. It is. It's going to take me a minute. I kind of needed this. Man. It's almost like a cider. It's weird. Um, okay. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. So before we um, delve into stories from Italy and the honeymoon. Stories of old. So uh, in your world, not only did you adopt a puppy, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I believe we teased this on the last pod that... Uh, as part of the Deep Blue Something reactivation that you guys booked a gig at uh, Dogfish Head Brewery, which is in Delaware. And we had a Dogfish Head uh, beer on last month's pod for Stephanie's uh, Mm -hmm. birthday uh, because that was uh, her favorite brewery. It's uh, in a town called uh, Rehoboth. Rehoboth, Delaware. We were calling it Rehoboth. On the last pod. Oh, I don't even remember. And then I was told later on um, by a professor here in town that from the East Coast that, no, it's Rehoboth. And I was like, Of course it is. It doesn't look like that's what it is. And then from the stage, we asked many people, and they shouted it back to us a whole bunch. <laughs> um, because it's harder to say than you think. Rehoboth. Rehoboth? Rehoboth. I don't even remember how that's spelled. R-E-H-O-B-O-T-H. Rehoboth. Okay. Anyway, um, huge surprise for... For one thing, this is what's going on with the dogfish thing up there. They have... um, There's the brewery. Um, They're in Rehoboth, I guess, maybe (laughs) is where they started. Uh, Delaware, it's a beach town. Okay. So you're right on the beach. On a very cool-looking, awesome beach. Uh, but the place, the venue itself, they have it set up to where it's full-on like a mini uh, House of Blues kind of thing. Oh, really? And so we're also thinking, why would anyone come to see us? And we're pleasantly surprised. 
We so had, it, was, it was well attended. We had Deep Blue fans from all over showing up for this thing that knew every word to everything, and it turned into a dogfish party um, that we were not expecting. And uh, so I'm, it was I'm, packed I'm, in there. I'm looking, at the, I'm looking at the map. I'm looking at a map. And so uh, Rehoboth Beach mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, right across... Virginia Beach. The... Um, the Delaware Bay mm-hmm. from uh, like the southern tip of uh, New Jersey. Virginia Beach is further south. Yes. Yeah. Because they wanted to tack that show in on this weekend. But instead we just did uh, Delaware and uh, the D.C. winery, which I don't know if you've ever been to one of the city wineries. Mm, have not. There's one in New York, D.C., Philadelphia, um Nashville, Memphis, you know, they kind of, it's one of those places. Right. And uh, like Rhett Miller plays all the city wineries all the time. Of course he does. Um, By the way, I, uh, we shout, out, at, shout out to Rhett. He happened to be rehearsal at, dinner. at the same place, same time as our, the rehearsal dinner. And he was very sweet, uh, came and said hi to everyone. And then he sent me an email afterwards. Did he really? Yeah. He was like, good luck on your nuptials. Mm-hmm. He well, he said, was worried. He told Taylor afterwards he needed to go. But he didn't want to interrupt, but he thought you might be mad that he didn't say goodbye. No. And we I mean, like, it, was, it was nice that he even took five seconds to say hi to anyone. <laughs> he's, he's a very conscientious rock star. Mm, he really is. That Rhett Miller. Um, but yeah, Dogfish Brewery. It was great and was very happy to have the beer that I wanted because of our pod. Yeah. Um, they have this low-calorie uh, light beer okay. that they had in the fridge, which is really good. I forget what it's called now, but it's in this like mint green can. Um, and that was in the fridge backstage, but they didn't have the blood orange thing. What, what, what did we have? I don't something remember. like that. It yeah. was something. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, uh, it was, a, it was an IPA something. with blood orange in it. Yes. Something like that. And um, so I asked the guy, I was like, do you, do you have this? And he's like, yeah. Do you want me to, do I need to bring that back here? And I was like, it would be best if you. We had a bunch of those. So we had just this refrigerator filled with stuff. And after the show, they're just like, dude, y'all take all of this. We're just going to restock it for whatever's happening tomorrow. And we're like, yes. That's awesome. So uh, showtime, you know, when you're at the uh, when you're at the venue, it looks pretty good. And we noticed that there's just people crowded around the bar, but no one's in the venue part. But they were holding everyone back. Oh, okay. Because we didn't think that they were there for us. And then all of a sudden, the lights go out. All these people show people up. rush in. We walk up on stage and go, oh, crap. This is great. Let's do this. So it ended up being a great night. That's awesome. Dogfish. When you get a surprise like that, when you travel that far, it's a good feeling, Dave. And were there other bands on the bill that we were night? The only band that was that it? But it was a... Um, that weekend for them was a, uh, they called it Vinyl Go-Go or something. So a lot of the other breweries in the area um, that were all dogfish stuff, like they owned a whole part of the street. But uh, in the different towns around there, I think even where the main warehouse brewery is and then other places, they were having a festival that weekend. And this was the kickoff because we the, were on the a Friday. Pre, the pre-show. And then Saturday and Sunday, it's mainly at these shows, there's tons of vinyl. Like the person that started Record Store Day or whatever it's called. Yeah. uh, Was going to be there and talk about stuff and do all this crap. 
But um, we never saw any vinyl at our thing, but we were the kickoff to the weekend of this thing. That's awesome. And no other band. So we didn't have to worry about gear. <laughs> you know, like, move your things out of the way. <laughs> yeah, no. He had run to the place. Uh-huh. And then he got to take all the beer home. Well, speaking of vinyl a go-go, mm-hmm. do you have another go-go song? Golly, that transition was intense, Dave. Holy crap. You really do it. Yeah, so we're, we're fast-forwarding to 1982 and their second album, Vacation. You're not playing Vacation, are you? Of course I am. Are you really? Yeah, don't you love that song? Vacation I'll ever want it. I mean, that is, if I think of the Go-Go's, that is the video that I think of. Yeah, because they threw them on those weird skis. Right. Uh, even though they're not really doing But still, no, but I yeah, thought that was a funny concept. Yeah, it's all like, uh, you know, on green screen. But, you know, they're embracing that kind of 50s, 60s girl band motif that, that the the uh, record label threw on them. Yeah, and it's not supposed to look real. No, 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 no. It's supposed to look ridiculous. It's supposed to look like... Uh, Some like, monkeys thing. Like Fonzie jumping the shark. <laughs> exactly, yeah. But yeah, so they're they're wearing their, like, uh, you know, poofy skirts and poofy hats, and they're supposedly water skiing. <laughs> it just looks ridiculous. Standing on each other's shoulders yes. and doing stuff. It's funny. It's funny. And while someone's, like, spraying water, yeah. like, on their... It's, it's so good. It's really good. So yeah, I'm playing that one. It's a great song. Oh, it's so man, man, <laughs> you are crushing it again, <laughs> again. It's a surprise, but the Go Go's are really good. They are good. Now, uh, Vacation only peaked at number eight on the the U.S. Singles Chart. That's still pretty big. It's pretty big, especially in that era when like pop I'm, radio. I'm guessing top Madonna 40, is out at this point. Right. Mm. Yeah, I don't. I, I wish I could look up uh, Prince. I, I'll, I'll try and find that, like uh, whatever the the when they peaked at number eight. Like what week was that, and what else were they up against? So I'll try and find that yeah, while this is playing. Yeah, because that's the that must have been nuts. Yeah, because top forty radio was insane at that time. Yeah. But you are right. This this song, it's timeless. It's timeless. It's really good. Vacation. An H2L. Hey. 
That was a track <laughs> called Vacation from the Go. Is that your Casey Kasem? Sort of. <laughs> um, it's a good jam. That's a really good jam. It's really good. That I think that one. I'm not positive. Do you have the Go Go stuff up, by the way? Yeah. Um, I think that one was written by Charlotte Caffey and the bass player. But I'm not. Um, um, that's pretty cool how that happened. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, Charlotte Caffey, Kathy Valentine, yeah. and Jane Weedlin. Oh, so all three of them did yes, that. Yes, all three of them. Um, the cool thing about that is, Dave, you know someone who has written a song with Charlotte Caffey from the Go-Go's. Is it you? Was it boots and 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 belt buckles? She's not that good. <laughs> okay. She's good, but that's that's a T original. Like people can't you can't collaborate on something like that. That either happens or it doesn't. It's a sign from do you, God. Do you want to sing that real quick? Boots and boots, boots and boots and boots and boots, boots and bambuckles. Cowboy shirts, freely skirts, leather chaps, cowboy hats too. <laughs> But mostly, boots and boots, boots and boots and boots and boots and boots and belt buckles, belt buckles. Come on down, get some boots for you. She didn't write that one though. No, she didn't got that. She didn't have that kind of thing. What did What did you write with her? This was during the um the nineties because of Cheryl Crow. She had like this these writing groups and like Alanis Morissette would write songs with all these people and do all this stuff. So record companies would make people go write songs with all these different people all the time uh-huh. in case. Just workshop it. Workshop it. So we, Todd and I wrote songs with uh, Matthew Wilder uh, that did all the No Doubt stuff, but he also his main song was. Um, do you want to know what love is? <laughs> no. No, hold on. <laughs> uh, ain't nothing gonna break my stride. Uh, yeah, yeah. Ain't nothing gonna I hold me down. down. Oh no, I got you. Keep on moving. Yeah. Then we wrote a song with Tommy, the guy that wrote the song with uh, that was in Tommy Two Tone. Uh huh. Seven five three zero nine. We did a thing in his room. And then we did a few with other people, and then this other one was with Charlotte Caffey and this producer guy. Uh, we wrote the song Beautiful Nightmare with her. Okay. So did anyone ever record it? Yeah, no, we did it. We, it it's on uh, the self-titled thing, and it's the last song. By the way, um, Vacation peaked at number eight mm-hmm. on August 21st of 1982. Mm-hmm. Would you like to uh, hear some highlights of the top 40 that particular week? What what month is this? This is August of 82. 82. Can I guess what's number one? So they peaked at what? They peaked at eight. Okay. You're not going to get it. I mean, maybe you will. Does Huey Lewis it. have anything to do with this? No. It's Michael Jackson? No. Okay, then go ahead. Okay, so uh, let's start... Def Leppard. No. Okay. Let's start. Um, how about number 26 with uh, Don't You Want Me by Human League? Really? Yeah. I wouldn't have thought they got that high with that one. Yes. Uh, at 23, Soft Cell with Tainted Love. Uh, how about at number 20, 
Who can it be now by Men at Work? Wow. Right? Should we do a Men at Work show? I don't know. I was obsessed with Men at Work when I was in elementary school, though. Really good. I don't. I I can't listen to them now, but they were my favorite band for like three years. I always liked that Johnny song. Uh, how about number fifteen, Rosanna by Toto? Golly, that's good. That's good. Oh, I skipped over uh, number sixteen by Johnny Cougar, Jack and Diane. Yeah. Uh, how about number thirteen? Sucking on a chili dog. Behind taste free. The motels with only the lonely. Mm-hmm. They were sharing this rehearsal space. Probably not by 1981. Uh, so yes, uh, number eight was Vacation by the Go Go's. Great. Let's uh, count up from number eight, shall we? Okay. At number seven, Keep the Fire Burning by Ario Speedwagon. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah, that's great. At number six. Even the Nights Are Better by Air Supply. Man, we are getting into junior high dance stuff right here. <laughs> well, just you wait. Number five. Chicago. Hard to say I'm sorry. I just want you to you know. Home and I really <laughs> want to tell you I'm sorry. At number four, Hold Me by Fleetwood Mac. Okay. At number three... Stevie Nicks. No, Abra Dabra Cadabra by Steve Miller Band. Yeah, I mean, that was a big video. At number two, Hurt So Good by Johnny Cougar. Golly, he's nailing it around here. That was before he was John Cougar Mellencamp. This is when he was still Johnny Cougar. And at uh, number one... Billy Joel. In its fifth week... At number one, Eye of the Tiger by Survivor. Holy crap. Of course it is. Man, that is a hot top 20. Or I guess top 30. You went to 26. Yeah, I mean, I did. There was nothing like 31 to 40 that I really wanted to call out. So is Duran Duran not happening around then? Planet Earth time? Um, let's see. Um, yeah, no. Um, Flock of Seagulls I Ran was uh, at 45. Hmm, okay. I mean, it might have been just a second later. Let's see. Because if there's no Frankie Goes to Hollywood, there's nothing. Yeah, I mean, this is, I think this is before. This is immediately before New Romantics. Yeah, this is when Chicago's just taking over dance floors. Home and I'm. Time for me to say I'm sorry. Okay, um, now it's my turn. Uh, before I get to my, my last tune, we haven't even gotten to. Um, honeymoon talk yet and so I don't want to like beat you down because you know it's like it's like my my parents like my dad when friends and relatives would come over he would get out the slide projector I know I kind of miss that though and you know put on the carousel of like their trip to Japan mm -hmm. or something Ka-chunk. yeah he would have the little remote Ka-chunk. Ka-chunk. And have a story for every slide, and it would take forever. 
This is us in front of Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, so I don't, I don't want to uh, take you through every moment of the of the honeymoon because well, I've never been to Italia. Yes, this was my first time to Italy as well, and so uh, we did three different cities. We did Florence first, then Venice, then Rome. We landed in Rome, but we immediately got on a train to Venice mm -hmm. or, or to Florence. And so, um, and so I thought I would kind of just do it chronologically. Okay, but before we even start, um, and then you can go on with it. Of the three, just right away, favorite one of the three. Florence. Okay, I knew you were going to say that. All right, so we're starting in Florence. Yes. Beautiful Florence. Weather is... Uh, well, we didn't realize that uh, November is the rainy season mm -hmm. in Italy, so it rained almost every day that we were there. That's kind of cool, though. It, it did add a little bit of romanticism. It was never like a deluge, so it was always uh, either a drizzle or, you know, just a persistent rain. But as long as you had a jacket and uh, an umbrella, you were fine. Mm -hmm. How'd your hair do? It was fine. Okay. It was good. Um, and so the first full day that we're there in Florence, we have like a walking tour. And so we're trying to find... Uh, the the rendezvous point to meet the the people for the walking tour and we don't have an umbrella yet and I haven't changed any money so all I have in my wallet are uh, US dollars because y'all had a delay on the way yeah we did have a delay we almost missed our connecting flight in London in to London. Rome uh, yeah we had like a two hour delay in DFW were you tanked by the time you got on the plane no we slept we, well, we, we had uh, pharmaceutical uh, assistance. No, but I mean, you're at the airport in Dallas. It keeps getting delayed. Are you drinking? A little bit. A okay. little bit. But we also, uh, you know, like I said, we... Um, no, I know. We, we took a, a little something to help us sleep. And we slept almost the entire way to London. Mm -hmm. And then we barely made it to our connecting flight to Rome. Um, but then we had the coolest stewardess or flight attendant on that uh, British Airways flight from London to Rome. Oh, British Airways is so good. Yeah, we told her, you know, we said, hey, uh, you know, because we were in the very back. We were like the last people on the flight. Mm -hmm. And so, and she was set up in the back and we said, hey, um, you know, we barely made this flight. You know, we were delayed. It's our honeymoon. Um, if like at the earliest possible moment, if we could have some Bloody Marys, that would be awesome. <laughs> and so, you know, before the beverage service even starts, she's hooking us up with Bloody Marys. Sure. And it's then, to be. and then at some point she uh, brings us a whole bottle of champagne and a couple of like real oh. champagne flutes and was like, you know, happy, happy honeymoon. This is uh, our gift for, uh, to you from British, British Airways. Airways. So great. They're so great. So we finally get to Rome, and we get on the uh, the train, and we get to Florence, and then we sleep, you know. And yeah. we just we just uh, I think we went out to try and have some dinner, um, but we really didn't start in Florence until the next day. Mm -hmm. Like it was just a total start fresh. It was a total travel day. Mm -hmm. And so, El Fresco. Do you see what I did? <laughs> I see you. Thank you. And so we're trying to meet this walking tour. And it's starting to rain, and all I have are U.S. dollars in my wallet. Mm -hmm. And anytime it's raining anywhere 
there's always dudes walking around trying to sell umbrellas and sure. ponchos, right? Yeah, Seinfeld started that. And uh, and so I try to give him seven bucks U.S. And he was like, no. And then he sees in my wallet and he points to the 20. He's like, I want that. So I pay him 20 bucks for, for, a, for an umbrella. An Italian umbrella. But... Bumbersjutsos. But it was the greatest umbrella I've ever owned. I was about to say, 20 bucks for an umbrella is really not that bad. It, it wasn't. It was one of those, uh, you know, long ones with the curvy handle. Sure. You know, it doesn't collapse. It's like, you know, but it's like you can you use can it as walk a walking around. stick. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's the good move. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. Uh-huh. I mean, uh, Marissa made me leave it. She was like, you don't want to come on the plane with that. And I was like, but what if I do? Why can't you take a... I don't know. You could do that. We donated it to uh, the Lost mm. and Found at the Rome Hotel. It'll come back to you, Dave. It'll come back to you. But, yes, yeah, so uh, that was the MVP of the trip, that $20 uh, what color? umbrella, blue, mm. with a uh, kind of a wood handle. Oh, like man. Light, light wood handle. Carved from was so good. a larger umbrella. <laughs> yes. Uh, and so uh, Florence was awesome. It's so... It's a big city, mm-hmm. but it doesn't seem very big. It's very walkable. Like the the main downtown center mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, it's set up like a grid. That you don't, you can't really get lost. Is, was the food intense? The food was great. Okay. The best place we ate was like a panini place. There was like this legendary panini place where was it called Sbarro? <laughs> no, it wasn't. Uh, but it's, you know, it's like pieces of focaccia, like this yeah. big, like as big as your face. Yeah. And then, uh, so we, we got two of those and we ate it. We ate it all. It was so, so good. Right. Uh, but there's so much history, you know, Marissa's fascinated with like the Medici family, you know, because they, they came up from nothing. They were, uh, you know, peasants and then. They became merchants and bankers, and they ruled Italy for like 300 years. Mm-hmm. And they were patrons of the arts, so they were there at the time of Da Vinci and uh, Michelangelo. And you know, they commissioned all of these famous uh, art pieces and buildings and stuff. And so there's so much history everywhere. It's so awesome. Ninja Turtles. Yes. And uh, uh, but the best thing that we did when we were in Florence was we took a day trip to uh, a couple of, uh, actually three different cities just Mm -hmm. south of Florence. Like, so these are uh, tiny outposts between Florence and Rome. So so back in the day when people would pilgrimage to Rome, these were the cities where they would stop. Yeah, yeah. You know, and they would always be like on the top of a hill with a bunch of towers so Mm. you could see it from a distance and 30 miles at a time yeah so like we're walking there today Mm -hmm. (laughs) so you go and walk to this so great little mountain town and uh the best one of all was siena have you ever heard or seen anything about siena yes okay so it's um it's very um it's very much like harry potter Mm. you know Mm. like if you've been to edinburgh oh yeah it's similar to that where, it, you know, there's a lot of hills mm-hmm. and a lot of arches and a lot of passageways, like between buildings above your head. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like buildings on top of buildings. Yeah. 
They're just making it work. Yeah, it's just, it's a maze and it's crazy and it's all, you know. That's awesome. Who gave you that idea to go to these towns? Well, we we had like a travel agent that helped us book the whole thing. Okay. And so, yeah, we this was like a day trip where we had like a van pick us up at the hotel. That's awesome. And we had a guide and everything, and she was awesome. She knew everything. And so, uh, you know, and back in when in the Middle Ages when these cities were built, you know, they would have the exterior wall because yeah. they were always under siege. Sure. So, you know, everything is inside the city wall. And so in this town of Siena, they there used to be many more, but there's at this point there are uh, 17... Uh, contrade. I think contrade. that's how, contrade. I think that's how you pronounce it. But they're like districts, you mm-hmm. know, neighborhoods. Seventeen neighborhoods within the city walls of Siena. Jeez. And so <laughs> she took us to the the main square there in Siena, and it's a a, a beautiful square with a with the clock tower and shops all around, and. Uh, and she was like, so every year here in the square, and it dates back to, uh, I think the first race was in 1633. Every year. Kill a virgin. Twi- no, twice a year, they have a horse race. Oh, okay. So they fill the middle of the square with people. There's like 50,000 people in this square. And so there's like 30,000, 40,000 people in the infield. And then all the rich people are around the outside that feels right yeah so it's like you know anywhere from 50 to 80,000 people crammed into this square Mm -hmm. and so they have two races uh one is on july 2nd and then the second one is on august 16th and so they have a lottery Mm -hmm. so every neighborhood they draw lots to see if they get into the race (laughs) okay because they only because the the square isn't that big, and I think they only allow like uh, eight or ten uh, horses to race at a time because right. it's just there's not enough room, and so it's all it's all random. So you have to draw lots to see if you get in the race, then you draw lots to see which horse you get. Oh, you don't. The neighborhoods don't have their own horse. No, they they have like a whole ceremony where it's like the the horse draft. It's it, like go karts. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, and so I, I found this uh, awesome BBC documentary. It's like a 12-minute documentary. I can show it to you later. God, why don't they show that on Wild Water Sports? Yeah, and so, uh, you know, they follow this uh, one guy who's like, you know, an 85-year-old guy who is like one of the, uh, you know, the leaders of one of these houses, mm-hmm. one of these districts. Genovese! And, uh, you know, and he's so pissed when... They have the horse draft, and they get the shitty knows. horse. Yeah, he's, he's like, no, no. no. And uh, and the uh, the jockeys are all like hired guns, so mm-hmm. it's basically they have to, you know, it's highest bidder. Okay, so 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 and so down the street in the neighborhood isn't doing the horse. No, it's not like some dude from your neighborhood. See, I'm guessing back in the day when they started this, it was a hood. Yeah, it probably was. It was your horse from the hood with boy from the hood. Yes. And so, uh, you know, and, and if you watch the, the BBC documentary, they show like uh, the night before the race, like all of the uh, teenage and uh, young men, like early 20s dudes wearing like the 
uh, period garb. You know, they're dressed as guards. That's gross. And they they escort the horse into because every neighborhood has its own fountain and its own church. Mm -hmm. Sure. And so they they walk the horse into the church with all of its you know silks and everything yeah, on it and the, yeah and they bless the horse yeah and the horse is like what the mf and then the next day they have the race and it's three times around smack it and let's and go. uh you know it's 90 seconds like the entire race takes place in 90 seconds <laughs> and Oftentimes, the winning horse doesn't even have a jockey on it because the jockey falls off midway. Because <laughs> of the G-force, because it's only such a small... Um, I mean, it was just it's insane. Such a terrible idea. It was, it was so... The, just Marissa was fascinated by just the history, and she wanted to figure out like which, which district, which neighborhood <laughs> she fits in the most. Uh-huh. You know, so like here are the di different, every, every neighborhood has a sigil, you know, so uh -huh. it's very much like, uh, you know, like uh, Game of Thrones or Harry Potter. Sure. You know, so there's the, the eagle, the caterpillar, the snail, little owl, dragon, giraffe, crested porcupine, Unicorn, okay. She wolf, seashell, goose, wave, panther, forest, tortoise, tower, and valley of the ram. Okay, so you don't want to be the snail, no, or the seashell. Yeah, seashell. <laughs> Why would you want to be in the seashell? Like seashell doesn't do anything. Tower doesn't do a whole lot, but it sounds good. Yeah, uh, that looks good on print. Um, snail. Caterpillar's weird, but also looks good on stuff. Yeah, um, we bought we bought Clara a flag for the unicorn. Mm -hmm. You want to be the unicorn? Yeah, because it's owl. like because it's like a mean looking unicorn with like a goatee and a, a horn that will like mm -hmm. stab you. Yeah, he played in like a Seattle band, like a bass player, right? In a Seattle band. So uh, we we cannot recommend Sienna enough. If you have the opportunity to. If you can't go to Siena, at least look it up, Google it, mm -hmm. and watch this BBC documentary because it's fascinating. I also feel like Chevy would have made an affordable car named a Siena. Did you know that the Crayola color burnt Siena is, is, from there? is based on the bricks that they used, that they made to build the buildings? Did your that lady, that, she told you that? Yeah, she did. That burnt Siena is from... The Siena. village of Siena. Wow. Uh, so yeah, we'll get into uh, Venice and Rome later, but uh, Siena, awesome. And Florence, you know, we didn't spend too much time talking about Florence, but it's like a university city. Mm -hmm. It's just, a, it's a very young, hip city. It's dope. I've always heard it's uh, super good dope. things about Florence. Great food, great restaurants, tons of history, great museums, uh, lots of like uh, speakeasy cocktail bars. It mm -hmm. was just, it was by far our favorite metropolitan city and uh, freaking loved it. That's great. Um, okay, my last tune. Uh, I guess I, I, I can tie it in in this way that, like I said, we went to plenty of uh, bars at uh, various points in the trip and many of the bars, 
you know, it's it, Italia disco, Euro disco. Italia disco. Uh, Italia disco, you know, like they'd like their dance music. They certainly right? do. And um, this song wasn't necessarily in the rotation on the trip, but it's been in my rotation ever since. We've mentioned this woman's name many times on the pod, but we're finally getting a chance to play an actual tune from her. So excited about this. You know who I'm about to say, don't I you? Can, I feel your energy lifting, so I already know what it is. It's Dua Lipa. Did you see the VMAs of her doing this? Yes, I was going to ask you. Okay, so Dua Lipa, we've mentioned her before because she was, uh, she's a, you know, a European pop star. But also the leader of the world, and she did the St. Vincent thing. Like yeah. they had the and best. So she was, she was on the Grammys with St. Vincent. Um, she's just fantastic. Uh, she, she's a pop star, but she's not just a pop star. She has a different sensibility about her. She's got a weird, uh, her vibe is a little different. It's a little bit more uh, punky. Yeah, she's got kind of an indie punky edge to her, mm-hmm. in spite of the fact that she's extremely bubblegum at the same time. But also, you really have to double check the words if you're letting your kid listen to this. Yeah. Like uh, the, she, uh, she has adult themes in her songs. The kids' bop version is the one you want for your kid. Right. Uh, the actual Dua version might not be necessarily. Whereas Katy Perry, you can just or Taylor Swift, you can just kind of throw that on. Yeah, like the the kids' bop version of New Rules is way different <laughs> it's than a little different. the Dua Lipa version of New Rules. Yeah, and there's a couple other ones too. Um, but but yeah, she did. Uh, she performed this song. So this is uh, her brand new single, "Don't Start Now," and uh, she has a a new record, her her sophomore record, coming out some point next year. So this is this will eventually be. On that next album. What do you think of the new blonde? Uh, it's it's growing on me. I didn't like it at first, but now I like yeah, it. Yeah, I, I don't. It's, she's very dark featured, dark hair, but mm-hmm. she went platinum on top, not her whole head, just like the she top left, layer. Left like a lot of the roots. Yeah, she left like everything underneath is still black, but then she's got blonde on top. It it it's growing on me. It's weird. It's totally growing on me. But yeah, she did perform this song on the uh, uh, European Video Music Awards. Recommend looking it up. Yeah. Uh, so later on, we are going to watch the Grimes video, but then we also need to watch <laughs> this video because it's fantastic. But this song, it's got kind of a little bit of a, a Daft Punk vibe at points. Mm-hmm. Um it's just a fantastic pop song and uh you know i mean this is my guilty pleasure point of the show but you know i i am uh i'm confident in saying that this is just a pleasure i'm not guilty about this one bit no feel good about it it's don't start now by dua lipa on ht wow I'm all good already, so moved on, it's scary I'm not 
the video so bad so and when i say video so there is a an official music video but if you look it up you need to look up the uh mtv europe music awards yeah. where everyone's like in yellow like all the girls yeah. kind of look like her but in a different way it's it's all it's very yeah. daft punky as well you know it kind of reminds you of a daft punk video where everybody's in the same outfit except for her worldwide she's the yeah well she's the top you know i mean i've been talking her up to my wife for uh -huh. you know the last eight months year <laughs> when I, since you turned me on to her instagram, <laughs> to her instagram. just look at it and then yeah, you'll like just it. follow her on instagram <laughs> and thank us later mm -hmm. uh, and so i you know i've been telling marissa about her and then so the entire time we're on our honeymoon in the airport, at the train station, at the bus terminal, uh, you know, on, she's getting in, her big push in, right in now. magazines. Yeah. No, it's it's not her. It's not her record. She is the face of the new fragrance for oh, yeah. Yves Saint Laurent. Mm -hmm. That's right. And Have so you seen she, the commercial for that? Yes. It looks like a video game. It's crazy. Yeah. So her face is everywhere. Magazines, you know billboards posters everywhere so she's all over the place she's been working hard at it she's awesome she's awesome good for her uh i'm so glad that you <laughs> i knew you would be <laughs> i had to i had to that's so good uh well before we go to the next tune let's ask about venice and then rome uh, we'll do Rome after your next tune. We'll, we'll finish out with Rome. Yeah, that's fine. But Venice is... Okay, so there's the water. Right. Which makes you think it looks great in pictures. Of course, it's amazing. But also makes you think, if you think about it, what's the smell like? You know, it. it we heard going in that you're not going to want to spend too much time there because of the stench. But is that a summer thing, though? Maybe it. Maybe in the summer it's worse. I mean, you know, it was, you know, fifty degrees when we were there. Okay, so you're not getting this boiling. No, no, it was not. It was not stinky. And you know, Marissa grew up on the water. You know, at Gulf Shores. Mm-hmm. Sure. So she's like, this. This is fine. This. 
I've been to many well, no, waterfront that, towns there, no, that smell way worse than this. I know. There's that stink. But then there's also the, this is the water cruising through the city stink. Yeah, you know no, what I mean? No, That's it, a different no, type I than never, just I, being coastal. I never once... I never once thought about it. All right, that's good to know. That's great. Yeah. Did, did you... Well, go ahead. Tell your story. Okay, so, well, there's only uh, a handful of things to talk about when it comes to Venice. Um, we got very good advice. You know, like I said, we had a, a travel agent help us put everything together. And, uh, by the way, highly recommend them. Look them up on the Giga Global Base Camps. So, this agent just knows Italy. Well, uh, they're they're... They're, they're an online travel agent. They're based in California, and they have a handful of staff members, and they have, I guess, different expertise. Like Specialists. They, you know, this one has been to Italy, so they'll handle your thing. But then they also have contacts with, uh, you know, Italian booking agents right. to get you your tours, to, you know, get your train tickets, all that stuff. It just makes it super easy. Um, but anyway... So are you rental car to... Uh, no, all rent- trains. All trains. All trains. Okay. And so, um, but we got good advice that you, you, two days is plenty for Venice. You, okay. don't, you don't need to spend any more time there. And it actually was perfect. The first day we were there, it was super rainy. And uh, the, the biggest issue that you have, um, especially in Venice is when your phone dies. Like if you don't make sure that you leave the hotel with a full charge and you're GPSing everywhere. Sure. You're trying to figure out where where is this cathedral? Where is this restaurant? Where is this bar? Where's the next place we're going? And then all of a sudden your phone dies and you're just lost. Right. I mean, Venice is a maze. Like it, it's so easy to get lost. I, I imagine that if you spend a, you know enough time there, then you kind of learn it like the back of your hand, and you can make your way from one side to the other, no problem. Well, well, well I'm guessing the waterways have kind of made how the streets go, so that's random as hell. Well, it, we never once took a ferry or a boat. You can you walk. Take you the, can walk everywhere. There's bridges. You didn't do stripy shirt gondola. No, we guy. didn't do gondola guy because it was like 90 euro for 30 minutes, and we we're like, no, no, no we're good. Yeah, we didn't do that. But you can walk. You can walk. It'll take forever, but you can walk anywhere. Uh, but because the buildings are so close together, that a lot of times the GPS gets confused on your phone Mm -hmm. and then you take a wrong turn and then it's recalculating and then all of a sudden you're lost. So even though you have this gadget in your hand that tells you exactly where to go, you still can get lost. So did you just kidnap a little Italian? No, no. Kidnapped a little one and was like, tell me where to go or I'll kill you. We had a a very, uh, very hit or miss first day. A better second day, but then we also failed on our dinner the second day because we failed to call ahead and get a reservation. And then they were like, oh, we're full. And then we couldn't agree on a place. And that was like the only time that we fought the entire honeymoon is fighting over dinner that second night in Venice. And then we had to, that that night in Venice was uh, 
the night of the Alabama LSU game. Sorry about that, Dave. I didn't want to bring that up. Yeah, and so, and it was, um, I kicked off, I think at like, uh, like 12.30 or 1.30 local time, like Mm -hmm. way in the morning. And so I had to find like a a bootleg stream and we had to watch it on my phone. Mm -hmm. We were in the hotel bar watching it on my phone. Yeah, I mean, sports watching, because we were over there for two Cowboy games, uh-huh. and I had to stream both of them on my phone, I've done, I've done and uh, miserable. It's tough. I mean, because both of them, it was, you know, Monday night football, Sunday night football, mm-hmm. so it was like 2.30 in the morning kickoff. Mm-hmm. I've done this a couple of times. The best one that we had uh, ever was on a Calhoun tour in England and in Manchester. They were actually just showing it on TV. Like when you got in your hotel room, yeah, two no, in the there, morning, you cranked it on and no, the Cowboys were There's on. no American sports on any yeah. hotel room channel in any hotel room that we were in. <laughs> there, are, there are pubs that will have like the NFL Sunday ticket. So you can watch like... You know the mm-hmm. the Sunday games. It's 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 nighttime local time, but you can watch the Sunday games. But there's no the mon- there's no yeah, Monday yeah. night football. There's no Sunday night football. Yeah. There's no college football. None of those things exist over there. Yeah, they probably think that college football that makes no sense. Right? Why would anyone watch that? It's not well, pro. It's like under twenty one soccer stuff. Yeah. It's like it's, it's cool, minor leagues. but you're yeah. not really like why, and they don't understand. Yeah. That no, it's they don't so get that big. at all. Yeah. They don't get that at all. Uh, but what I would say, just Venice in a nutshell, it is amazing. It, it's how that place ever got built in the first place is insane. I think that a lot in Europe is how. How did they do this, and how is it lasting this long? Yeah, it's crazy, and you know they're they're trying to, uh, you know, create dams at you know like in the bay mm-hmm. and create like different locks to, uh, you know, prevent flooding, and it it flooded like the the day we left. Well, I think that uh, recently they've worked out an entire new thing with it, right? Haven't they? Like they the, have. Uh, they they have a outside of the city is a full on. Um, they let in as much as they want, and then kind of. Yeah, but it's not done yet. Oh, okay. It's not. I mean, they have all these plans and proposals, but nothing is finished, and they hate the cruise ships because the cruise ships come in there and displace all this oh, water. The water. Yeah. And so uh, it's like a big fat dude sitting in the bed. right, yeah. And so um, the day, the morning that we left to go uh, get on the train is when the high tide started to roll in. Uh huh. And you know we were walking around the the two days we were there, and every once in a while we would see these platforms like stacked up. We're like, what what are these for? They were like the gangways, like they would uh, lay them all out. And when the streets would flood, you would walk on these elevated platforms. Wow. And so it started rolling in the the morning that we went to the train station. And uh, and then I kept on following the news, uh, you know, on Twitter and everything. Uh-huh. 
like the next couple days, they ended up having the the most severe flooding in Venice since 1966. Wow! Like three feet of water everywhere, and places uh, that hadn't uh, flooded in you know decades were totally flooded. Man, think about the guys, the scuba guys that check the foundations of the entire city constantly. Um, someone has to do that, right? Yeah. Like, what's happening under there? I don't know. They said a lot of it, you know, it's like on, like, uh, stilts, like on petrified wood. Jesus. I can't live like that, Dave. No. It's I... insane. I mean, eventually that city will be underwater, but I'm glad that I went. <laughs> All right, so we're up to your last tune. Wow. We'll, we'll get to some tales from Rome in, in a moment, but... Is it my decision, or did you make a decision? Um, here's the deal. Do you want to hear... We're going to hear either one of these songs no matter what. Okay. Um, it's going to be in After Dark, or it's going to be now. Uh-huh. Do you want me to stick with Go-Go's? It, let me tell you the advantages of each. Okay. Uh, Head Over Heels has a clap in it. That is extraordinary. Something happens and I'm head over heels. No, this I was before that song. And it goes like this. Head over heels. No time to... Dun, 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 dun. Uh, uh, uh. Do you know that song? Not the way you sing it, but maybe. I don't All know. Right, well, they hit, uh, so this, what's, what's they the hit other? this clap in the other. The other one is a Jane Weedlin song um, that I think is just cool. Like it's a really cool 80s song. Let's play that one. Play the Jane one? Yeah, we can play Head Over Heels on the After Dark, but let's let's play... Uh, She's my favorite. Your, so, your songwriting buddy, Jane Weedlin. No, no. My only two run-ins were with two people that weren't Jane Weedlin, which I wish I would have run it. You know, she sings with Sparks. She sings with... You know, she's super cool. Uh, but we met Belinda Carlisle because she was on the Top of the Pops with us. Ah. Uh. And uh, she was living in... France, which I think she still does. Yeah, I saw her over there. Probably with Brian Ferry. <laughs> I'm sure they have like tea or coffee all the time. Um, but she looked amazing. You know, after the Go Go's thing, she kind of just got in super great shape and looked. Well, and she also did a lot of cocaine. I think. You think that's what happened? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm. You're just saying I'm, stuff. I, yeah, I'm. I'm. I. I am. Uh, I am. <laughs> elementary school rumor guy. Yeah, you're the Rod Stewart guy. Yeah, like, Rod, well, Rod Stewart. You got, got a stomach, stomach bump. <laughs> there was like the cum of seventeen guys yeah. in his stomach. I heard Joan Jett shot heroin in her eyeball. Yeah. So yeah. sorry. I'm. I'm rumor mongering. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, we'll play head over heels later. But let's play Rush Hour, because I think you'll like this. This sound, this is a song that could have easily been on the John Hughes soundtrack. But it was on the Jackie Chan soundtrack for Rush Hour. Uh-huh. It's why they named the movie Rush Hour. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> have you ever heard a Jane Weedlin solo tune? Not to my knowledge. All right, I want to see if you recognize this. Are you ready? Yeah, let's hit it. Here we go. It sounds just like this on this station.
would love to um you need to check the live video of that i can't wait to see how she handles that it, she it totally really sounds cool. like it's from the mannequin soundtrack exactly <laughs> i think we made a mannequin joke on the pod before yeah. at some point well but- remember that was one of that was my uh first date with my high school girlfriend was the mannequin movie <laughs> um i would love to hear like Jesus and Mary Chain cover that. That would be great. Like, like a lower octave version of that exact same thing. Um, but I love that song. I did. I did not remember that. You've never heard that. I've never heard that. Okay. But it is. It's uh, that's that's an '80s time capsule right there. <laughs> down to the production. Is. It really is. It could be Debbie Gibson. Or yeah. But those two, Jane Wheedland and Charlotte Caffey, have ended up writing things for tons of people. And I think uh, I think Charlotte Caffey has one of uh, Keith Urban's number one songs. Really? Yeah. Yes, she co-wrote the number one country hit, but for the grace of God, with Keith Keith Urban. Mm-hmm. Keep Keep Urban. So she's so it seems like all of the Go Go's are probably doing great. 
during the breakups, I think there there was a lot of suing yeah, between Kathy like, Valentine and uh, the rest of the band. Yeah, and, it seemed like they they imploded there in the the eighties. Well, and there was a lot of acrimony between everybody. Well, it was another one of those uh, situations that's like the uh, Smiths that you think that they were together forever, and they were really only together from 1979 to 1985. Right. And uh, they keep coming back and doing reunion things, and they'll do stuff, but uh, they put out just three records in six years, and the rest of them went on to do other things. You know, I would say Belinda Carlisle might, uh, I mean, obviously Charlotte, Caff- to have a number one with Keith Urban and write all the other movie stuff she did, and, like, who knows? But that's behind the scenes kind of right. uh, money situation. She and is uh, 66 years old, by the way. Who's that? Charlotte, Charlotte Caffey. Yeah. Yeah. She was older. I mean, I'm talking about 20. How old, how old is Belinda? Let's see. I would Belinda's say Belinda's, 61. Okay. I was going to say 55. And um, uh, she currently lives in Bangkok. Oh, she moved it. Yeah. Um, but would you say that Belinda's solo career might have even eclipsed the... It was probably bigger than the Go-Go's. Uh, let's see. She, yeah. definitely, uh, she definitely had a number one. Mad About You was huge. And there's a couple other ones. Probably four other songs. Yeah, I'm trying to get to her singles. Yeah, Heaven is a Place on Earth went to number one. Okay. And then uh, I Get Weak went to number two. Mad About You was a number three hit. Yeah, so she surpassed the Go-Go's as far as commercial success. She was a pretty big deal. She was a big deal. But she also, all of a sudden, like, she was super cute in the Go-Go's. But boy, when she started her solo, that first video of her on the beach, and everyone just went... That's the girl from the Go-Go's? Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, what did she, she lost do? The, she lost the freshman 20. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what happened. Golly. Um, all right, well, well, we'll play some other Go-Go's in the After Dark. Uh, I obviously don't have a lot of background on it, like Suede or any of the other things. We no, did, it's but... fine. Well, we had so much other stuff to talk about. Mm-hmm. And so I do need to touch on the last stop on the uh, epic honeymoon journey that I went on. So we ended up in Rome. So how many? So you get to Rome. Do you feel like I feel like that's like a week? Like, do you have enough time in Rome? Yeah. Well, it it actually worked out perfect. We had like three full days in Rome. Oh, and you planned it out that way. Yeah. So we we decided to finish in Rome because we flew in and out of Rome, but we didn't want to start in Rome. We wanted to finish there, and uh, so we had. A couple days like on our own but then we also had a tour day and we were supposed to actually go to like napoli and capri napoli or naples and capri naples and my short pants but uh because the uh the weather was so bad it got canceled because you know they're like you can't go out on a boat to capri in this weather and so it turns out that we ended up doing a city tour in Rome and it was the best thing that we could have done because uh, we had this amazing guy that took us to the Colosseum and to the Roman Forum and then to the Vatican Museum and, and St. Peter's Basilica and the Were whole Vatican like on City. Vespas? 
No, we had like a car that took us. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, so Rome was awesome. And the thing that... Have you been to Rome before? No, no, I've never... Anything in Italy, we haven't done. We, okay. We just never got down there. So the, the thing that is so amazing about Rome is that it's history on top of history. So like when she's showing us the the uh, Colosseum and the Roman Forum, mm-hmm. and she's showing us like artist renderings and stuff. So like the Colosseum was built in like 50 AD. Good year. Yeah. So, you know, just a little bit after Christ, you know, like they, they waited like 25 years after Jesus died. It's fresh. Yeah. And they, they built the, the, uh, the Colosseum. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the Colosseum replaced uh, Nero's uh, residence. Mm-hmm. Like Nero had a temple unto himself and then Rome burned and Nero was uh, displaced. Okay. And then there was a new emperor. And so as a gift to the Roman people, they built the Colosseum on the site of Nero's palace. From Hercules. Yes, whatever. And so... <laughs> I feel like Clash of the Titans told us all this. I know. But the, the crazy thing, so you, you know, and then the Roman Forum is right next to the Colosseum. And the Roman Forum was like, kind of like Main Street, where everyone... Romans can make some streets. Yeah, so the Forum was where all of, you know, the, uh, you know, the city business was taking place and where everyone gathered. But it, what's crazy is is that you know at 50 A.D. Whenever they had built the Colosseum and the Roman Forum, there were already ruins. Like they were building stuff around ruins that were already like 800, a thousand years old. You know they have like all of these uh, you know columns. So are they trying to even keep those in? I mean, it's, it's some because, of them... Or are they just like, no one cares about these? Well, some of them, they're like building, they're adding onto it or building around it. Right. Sometimes they're scavenging those materials and reusing them for other things. But sometimes they, it's just like they, they just leave it there. So there's just these, uh, you know, grand columns from a temple that has crumbled, but then they built this other thing around it. You it's know, it's just, it just blows your mind... You know, because, you know, like, we're... we're it's in- cool of them for back then to just not go, get get rid of this. Like, get rid of this. Like, who was gonna, who's going to want to see this later? Right. I mean, we're, we live in Texas. Uh-huh. And, you know, like, the oldest thing is, like, the Alamo from, like, 1860. You know? Or whatever. It's not the oldest thing. Well, you know what I'm saying. It's like we, we have maybe 200 years of history in Texas. Yes. And everywhere you look, there's at least a thousand years of history. It was just, it was mind-blowing. I, I mean, as much as I loved Florence and as much history as there was in Florence, Rome was just on a different level. And So did you feel like you had enough days? That's what I was saying. Yeah, because, because we did that extensive, like, the immersive tour. tour. Okay. If we hadn't done that, then no. Okay. I mean, we could have done another day in Rome and found stuff to do, but we were also kind of burned out and ready to go home anyway. Here is my takeaway from Rome, but also from the entire trip. Okay. Okay. Don't 
What, what were you going to say? No. Um, the Italian pace of life. And I mean, it's it's really kind of across Europe. You know, when, when you go to France... I would say Spain is Spain, the exact same way, yeah. You know, that there... It, it gets a little more regimented than nor- more north. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you can't say the same thing about the UK. Mm-hmm. Sure. But, you know, as far as Europe proper, that the there's something to be said about the pace of life, and I've tried to take that home with me, that... You know, we there was one guy in, in a cafe that we were at in Rome, and everywhere you go, it's different. Like sometimes you order here and you pay here. Sometimes you pay here first, and then you tell them what you paid for, and then they give it to you. Other times, it's like the U.S. where you're running a tab, and then you pay at the end. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I'm always They'll figure it out. Yeah, and so I'm always like, you know, what, what, you know, I'm just trying to figure out what I'm doing, and I'm all panicked, whatever. And uh, this guy, Peter, at this cafe, you know, he was very cool to us and, uh, you know, was, we were one of the few people that was in the place at the time. And so he was making sure that we were totally taken care of. And he said, uh, he said, we have a saying in Italy. He said, there is no hurry to pay or to die. (laughs) And I was like, that's right. There is no hurry. And... I mean, traffic in Rome is nuts, and you always think of, like, you know, greasy Italian guys flipping each other off and, like, fights in the streets, but, I mean, you know, there's, and there's all those giant roundabouts with cars cars, cars and motorcycles and scooters coming from every direction, and everyone just kind of merges, and everyone knows that this person needs to go there, and so I'm going to let them in, and everyone is just totally chill and you get there when you get there and and so i really have tried to take that home and really because i am i'm anxiety man Mm -hmm. you know i am wound tight and i worry about everything and i've tried to in the you know the time that we've been home to try and keep that mental outlook going of you know, just maybe leave a little earlier, give yourself a cushion, maybe just take your time getting there. Maybe don't worry about when you get there and be courteous to people along the way it's gonna and happen. just, you know, just chill. Things just are chill. Happen. Yeah, I I I had such a wonderful time. We had such a wonderful time and uh can't recommend it enough. I mean, I I know that and it, now that we're back home and you know we paid for the wedding we paid for the honeymoon mm-hmm. we still haven't sold the house we're broke as hell so it's not like you know i'm i'm sitting here telling you like oh yeah i just travel the world and just do whatever you know i understand that it's a commitment and that not not everybody can swing it but if you ever can Italy is fantastic. Italy is fantastic. And, I've never been. And just it, the the history is overwhelming. I mean, I'm I'm sure that if you go to Egypt or Greece and places that even have more history than than Rome, that that would be even more mind blowing. But that was just 
makes you feel like a speck. When people makes are you throwing feel, things that you're looking at, uh, uh, throwing the BC thing on you, you're kind of like, seriously? Is yeah. this like really a thing? Like, yeah, the, yeah, they built this in like 500 BC. <laughs> are you shitting me? Like how they ran a backhoe in BC? This is crazy. Uh, hey, before we go. Oh my God, is this a new scarf? What is it? Dave, how did you keep this hidden like this? Holy crap. Ball. Look at that. Look at that. Roma. 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 All right, so, let's nail it on there. Holy crap. Yeah, you're going to need some that. scissors to get that off. Uh, but yeah, so I got a scarf for the scarf wall of AS Roma. Holy crap, Dave. This is a serious mama right here. Yeah. So uh, if you look, it has the crest of AS Roma. Mm -hmm. And it has the she-wolf. Do you know the story of the she-wolf? No, I don't know what that is. So that's the she-wolf, and then the two babies nursing from the she-wolf are Remus and Romulus. And Romulus is the, is the legendary founder of Rome. So Remus and Romulus were abandoned, and then the she-wolf was nursing them I see when they were found. I see them on her teats. Yes. So Remus and Romulus, and Romulus is the one who founded Rome. Oh my god. Dude, you didn't. You kept this so hidden. I did. You I did kept it. I kept it in my bag. You didn't this. even see it. I I thought about getting you. Uh, God, this is so exciting. In Florence, you know, their club is uh, Fiorentina. Uh huh. And they're very mid-table. Marissa was like, "Well, they're like the Everton of <laughs> of yeah. uh, Serie A. They're like your perfect team, and their their colors are." pink and purple and oh, i was like i, I just that. can't do it yeah but the the colors on as roma mm. gold and red Golly, that's so like, good that's like the packers of italy yeah Look and and you know the 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 highlight of my trip home we uh we took the craziest way so you know we went from rome back to london heathrow Mm -hmm. And then nonstop from Heathrow to DFW, but we went like way north. Like we went over Greenland and down through Canada. Mm -hmm. It was like the craziest, like we were almost going to the North Pole. It was so dark and so crazy. Uh, but the coolest thing is on the way home, I watched the Diego Maradona documentary. Have you seen this? No, but I've heard about it. Clay has been mentioning that. I oh, need you to need watch to watch this. it. And I didn't realize because, you know, that was really before my soccer consciousness. I remember uh, Maradona with the, uh, you know, Argentinian national, national team. But mm -hmm. I didn't realize that he spent the majority of his professional career in Italy. Oh, yeah. That, Dude, that Barcelona sold him to Napoli. Dude, he and was that he, huge. That yeah. Napoli was a, a toilet. That they were like a relegation club and he turned them into Euro champions. Mm -hmm. Like they won, they won Serie A twice. They won, or maybe three times and they won uh, the Euros twice. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure he was on Coke the whole time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They were talking about how he got in with a crime family in, Dude, in he, I, Napoli. He was on the news today or last night he was on Sky Sports because of something he had to drop out of something he was coaching or something because he thought that things were getting too close or too tense. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it it gave me a whole new appreciation for Italian football, and Man. Uh, I can't recommend it highly enough. You need to watch it. So good. I I'm into it. Did you see uh, Mourinho today? Yeah, Tottenham. It's crazy. Let's play some go go's. Yeah, let's get out of here because we need to eat some dinner and play some after dark.
After dark. I can't wait. It's going to be all... Man, we were girl heavy again. Yeah. Roma! Roma! Do you want to hear some We Got the Beat? Yeah. Do you remember that band? Let's bring it home. All right, here we go. I'm going to fade down and fade it up. That's how we do it on WKR. Become a patron. We'll see you on the after dark. Boots and boots, boots and boots and boots and boots, boots and Cowboy shirts, really skirts, leather chaps, cowboy hats too. But mostly, boots and boots, boots and boots and boots and boots, boots and belt buckles, belt buckles. Come on down, get some boots for you.